Today's Survivor Podcast is sponsored by Audible. Find out how to get a free audiobook download when you visit the link audiblepodcast.com slash R-H-A-P. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's the guy who knows the nickname Serenity now means insanity later, Rob Sesternino. I know that happened to my friend Lloyd Braun. How's it going, everybody? This is Rob Sesternino, and we are coming back at you. It is a recap edition of Rob Has a Podcast, and uh, we've got a great show for you guys here today, recapping episode number four of Survivor Caramoan, and we're going to talk with a man who played with not one, not two, but three of the returning favorites. That's 33% of Stealth R Us right now. Uh, That is Jim Rice, who is going to be with us here on the podcast. And people had been asking for him for a while, and he was off the grid. But we've tracked him down, and we got him back. We're going to talk to him about everything uh, from this current season. I'm sure we'll hear plenty about uh, what went on for real in Survivor South Pacific. Then later on, we're going to be joined by Nicole Sesternino. We're going to talk about some of your voicemails and comments and all that good stuff. But before we get to Jim, I just wanted to take a moment and thank you guys. Since the last time we did our podcast, we actually exceeded our goal on Reality Game Masters, our original web series of bringing together the strategic minds of Survivor and Big Brother for one showdown, playing the board game Risk. Uh, We actually have surpassed our fundraising goal, which initially was $5,000. We have just passed that. Uh, we have a few, uh, we're about uh, about almost $5,300 right now, but we still have 14 days to go. So this thing is happening. It is going. We have our money to do it, but we can make it even better uh, the more contributions that we get. So if you're interested in helping us out with this project, check out realitygamemasters.com. And if you haven't watched our trailer yet, we've got the... Uh, much more thorough explanation available on the realitygamemasters.com website. Of course, last night, if you missed it, we did our Survivor Know-It-Alls. Myself and Stephen Fishback got together, broke down all of the strategery in last night's episode and had a great show with Stephen. Have so much fun every week live right after the show uh, getting to talk to Steven, try to do like a little bit of a uh, Survivor PTI with Fishback and uh, break it all down for you guys. And then we, of course, then get to talk to our latest boots from Survivor. And this morning we had a double feature. I spoke with Shamar and Laura Alexander, and we had a, a pretty good, they split it up half and half. I thought they were going to be on the call at the same time. I actually liked how they did it better this morning and broke up our 15-minute interview segment into two separate interviews. So if you want to hear either of those two or check out last night's Survivor Know-It-Alls, you could see either of them at robhasawebsite.com, our homepage for uh, all of the reality TV nonsense that we cover. And you can watch Survivor Know-It-Alls uh, anytime on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Rob Sesternino. 
All right, everybody, let's get into it. I have our guest today here on the line. Uh, he is a man from Survivor South Pacific, and it, I thought right after Survivor South Pacific we were going to pr- have this guy on the podcast uh, a bunch, and then uh, we, we didn't hear from him. You, you guys asked for him repeatedly. I said, okay, we got we to gotta get him on during Survivor Caramon. Here he is. It's Jim Rice. Hey, hey what's going on, Rob? Jim, how are you? I uh, could, couldn't be better. Jim, I thought you were going to be a mainstay on the Survivor scene uh, <laughs> after after your season, but I, I feel like uh, you went off the grid. You know, I, I don't think I had missed a season up until ours, and then I, I watched ours. I really couldn't watch much of the two seasons <laughs> after. And it was it's really hard. It's It's amazing how much Survivor becomes part of your life and how much you think about it. I mean, I literally think of, the game every day yeah uh, and it's been uh, a couple of years it's one of the two reoccurring dreams that i have is still dreams about survivor or just waking up uh laying on bamboo it's 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 amazing how much it still is ingrained in my head so did you get burnt out after south pacific no i didn't get burnt out i had a, i had a ton of fun uh there's just a few other things happened you know i ended up i've uh since gotten engaged and have a seven-month-old baby. So that, combined with uh, a lot of new things with work here in Colorado, have kind of kept me off of the survivor radar for a little bit. Okay, well, so maybe, you know, everything happens for a reason, Jim. Maybe survivor was what it took to get you settled down. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, it it has been a wild two-year ride, uh, that's for sure. (laughs) All right, so well, let me ask you. So this recurring dream that you keep having. So, <laughs> so where where is it? I'm telling you, I seriously, I think about Survivor every day, and it does definitely creep into my. There's nothing nothing crazy, unfortunately. It's just uh, you know, I'll still think about strategy every once in a while from the game, and as I'm driving around, or every once in a while I have a weird dream that I'm still in Survivor somehow. Is it? I mean, t- I. I, I slept on the island for a total of, I think, 25 or 26 nights, but what an amazing, crazy impact it's had on my life. Uh, <laughs> you wake up and you're, st- you're still there. <laughs> it, it does happen sometimes. It definitely <laughs> does. All right. Well, Jim, I'm really glad to have you on board. I know that I, I said in the beginning, a lot of people had been asking for you for uh, quite a long time. So I'm happy that we this uh, was able to work out. And, oh, I'm happy to. I love the podcast. Yeah. And so many of your old South Pacific buddies have turned up in one season. Did you ever imagine during Survivor South Pacific that not one, not two, but three of your castmates, not even including Coach or Ozzy, would be back together on one season? <laughs> And not me. And not you. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was pretty interesting. I remember when we were shooting uh, afterwards, Jeff had made a comment that he thought that we had another batch of all stars uh, within within our season, and that's definitely come to fruition now with fans versus favorites. Which the first fans versus favorites was one of my favorite seasons of all time. I, I think that was uh, just <laughs> such a such a great season. I was glad to see that Eric is back on. Uh, this season, I feel like that's very fitting. What, are you a big Reichenbach fan? He's he's a pretty nice guy. He's a Michigan guy, and I went to school in Michigan, and uh, my parents still live back there, so there's that there's that connection with with Eric. Okay, all right. So uh, l- let's get into this. I guess we got to start with right. uh, some with some of your buddies here. Uh, and uh, you know, you played on the tribe in Savai, 
with Cochran and with Don. And we'll get to Brandon Hans too, because he had a little experience, right. <laughs> experience with him, too, and what he's going through. Uh, but let, let's oh, talk about, give us the scouting report so far on Cochran and Don. Do you think that they have uh, improved their game since South Pacific? I think both of them have. I think especially Don. I think Don really has. Cochran, I thought that he might be the first person voted out. And not as a slight, but he brings nothing to the table. And he even said that in one of his interviews. He's like, I bring nothing to the table. And so, and there's also not the trustworthy factor. However, I think both of them are benefiting significantly from the fact that they continue to dominate challenges. Uh, On the other, with, with Dawn though, she is really, she seems like she stepped on the island playing the game, which is a far cry from the Dawn that was on uh, the Samoa season with me because she was just kind of, there and didn't really want to make a move one way or another. This year, I kind of think that she's going to make a move uh, or multiple moves throughout the season. There hasn't really been a whole lot of strategy yet. I mean, I think it was a little bit of a blind slide for Francesca, but mm-hmm. uh, other than that, I think there's going to I think there's going to be some strategic components that come out from from her game as as the season goes on. Yeah, and now we saw Dawn. She had a little bit of a mini bump in the road when Brandon Hans yelled at her after they came back from that first tribal council. But she seems to have rebounded nicely, much better than the uh, original. Maybe that's how she starts every single one of these Survivor games, where she has a, a little bit of a, of a crisis early on. <laughs> there, yeah, it's not, it's not a season with Dawn if she doesn't cry on the second day. And she's here's what I love about that Dawn and Cochran are both back on the season. They're both legitimate fans. I mean, I see pictures of Cochran wearing a buff in high school. If there's anybody that deserves to be playing this game a second time, it's that guy. I mean, there's nobody that's a bigger fan. And Dawn applied, I don't know how many times, until she finally uh, got on. And now, not only is she on once, she gets to play for a second time in a game that she genuinely loves. She's not one of these, neither of them are uh, these people that got picked up at a bar to, hey, you should be on, you should try out for Survivor. And, and that's a big thing in my book. Uh, I like I like the people that are genuine fans and took the time to send in an application and wait for that phone call to come and then go through the uh, arduous following six months before you're finally uh, on the on the show. Now, how about Cochran early on here? Because, you know, the rap on Cochran after your season was like, OK, maybe, uh, you know, they're going to bring Cochran back because he's this this uh, really funny character. But nobody's ever going to trust him again after what he pulled on Survivor South Pacific. But it's really been anything but what we expected so far. Cochran is a genuinely nice guy. And he's a genuine, he's a, he's a person that you just inherently like. It's, it's hard not to like Cochran. He's extremely funny and you kind of want to take him under your wing and protect him. And, and that's something that, whether he knows it or not, uh, consciously or subconsciously, I think if he makes it far, it'll be because he takes advantage of that uh, desire of other people to, to protect him. Right. And, you know, so far we haven't had any strategy, huge strategy moves um, from that tribe. But I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it plays out. Because like you said, the trustworthy factor is just not there. I mean, he's known as somebody who will flip um, at, at, the, at the drop of a hat. So, when when push comes to shove, it'll be interesting to see how he surmounts that. But when it comes to emerge, whoever's left, you know that's that's who that's who you're gonna be. That's who you're aligned with on your tribe. You know, even with the fans' tribe, as, as you look at Rena last night, uh, and they were trying to dig at his loyalty. Hey, 
it doesn't matter who's left. Whoever those five, four, three, whatever, however many people make it to the merge, <laughs> that group is going to be tight. It doesn't matter if they were uh, pre-merge or not. So I want to stick with the favorites tribe for a minute here, and then we'll get to the fans in, in a little bit. I, I thought that our friend Stephen Fishback had a pretty interesting observation in his people blog today that he basically said how the favorites are sort of like you know they're making all these jokes to the camera and it seems like you know they're all having such a good time and and philip is coming up with wacky nicknames for everybody and he said it's almost like an episode of the office where they're all sort of like in on the joke and winking and doing all this stuff with the camera (laughs) but I kind of agree with that thought that a lot of people have said, hey, this is supposed to be the greatest season ever. Jeff Probst has said all these things, but I haven't seen any major drama here uh, from the favorites. And I I do. I was thinking about this today and I know you're a sports fan. So let me drop this analogy on you. I do kind of feel like for the returning players, this has almost been like an all star game for them. And what I mean by that is like. It's like when you are named an all-star and you go to the all-star game, it's not like in the old days where like Pete Rose would kill you uh, sliding into home in the all-star game. You're like, you know, goofing around and and horsing around because it's almost like the game didn't even start yet other than for Francesca for any for any of these players. And, you know, it's like an NBA all-star game. Yeah. I mean, even more than any other one. I I completely get the analogy. I think you're dead on. Uh, It's it's not real yet until. Until one of them actually feels that they might be going home, it's not real yet. It's just like, I think your analogy is great, because in the fourth quarter, you know, even if it is an all-star game, they're going to want to win. And I think that's going to start to come out as the season, as the season progresses. Because, yeah, right now, they're on an island. I mean, yeah, they're, they're not in their bed or anything, but they're on an island and they're getting to play games and they're winning. And even though it's only been a few weeks for us, it's been – by the time that one of them could possibly even be voted out, it's going to be two weeks uh, with just them on that island. So the, the dynamics will be pretty uh, pretty set. And the way that it's going right now, I mean, I think they're going to be on vacation for a, a few more weeks because because of how much of a numbers advantage they have over the fans. Even at the merge, they're it's looking right right now that they're going to continue that that vacation. Yeah, right now they're like John Croc putting the the batting helmet on, you know, backwards facing <laughs> Randy Johnson. It, it just they're not scared yet, but I think that at the point that this game becomes real for these guys, I think that's when this season might shift into a higher gear because the favorites right now, it's it's not a competition right now. Not at all, and I think that, and even once it becomes a competition when you have returning players or people that haven't played before, it, it really is like a professional team playing the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, it's not even going to be fair. I, I, I don't, I don't see how it could be. Um, these guys have such an, ed- the, the, fans, the favorites have such an edge by having all of them having a season under their belt. They know what the game's about. You know, the first week isn't figuring out how to get shelter and figuring out how to, eat and drink it's 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 game on and even though they're having fun right now i think they all know that down the road they're gonna have to figure figure some things out but i don't not a whole lot of people are really laying that groundwork yet and i do get the feeling i do get the feeling that once it does get bad or get hard on them it's going to get really ugly really quick almost like 
kind of like when the you know Miami Heat first got with LeBron and Dwayne Wade, and and it was like, and then when they struggled, it's like they really struggled. Uh, is that is that a fair is that a fair analogy too, or did I oh do you go uh, one too far? No, I, I don't think it's I don't think that's too far because I think that each of these people won it more because each none of them none of them won. They all lost. I mean, it, it's a group full of people who lost, and not one of them wants to do that a second time. So I think it becomes when the first time that they get shaken and realize that they're not it's not as laid back as they think it they think it is. I, I think it, that's when. I think that's when the season's going to get really good. Yeah, and right now, I think probably all nine of these people all think they're in a pretty good position. It's like, you know, there's really sort of like this one big alliance, and even, you know, they have like six people in it, and Brandon kind of thinks he's getting one up on Philip, and he's kind of in it. And even Brenda, I watched a clip of her. She thinks that she's in a good spot. So everybody is like good and happy right now. Everybody thinks they're in a good spot. But once some people realize that they're going to lose the game, I kind of think that all hell is going to break loose. And maybe uh, that's <laughs> what we're going to get into uh, next week with uh, Brandon Hans. Now, you played with Brandon. Uh, what's yeah. your scouting report on this guy? Brandon's a young dude. And it, I think it really shows uh, in certain instances and. I think that you know we're starting to see it. We're starting to see it now. He's a, he's a young guy who I think has, at his core, has a very good heart. Uh, but he also has this, uh, you know, this this Hans name that he's either trying to avoid on some days or live up to or surpass on other days. And you never know which Brandon you're going to get. It's definitely two different, two different, two different people. And uh, I think that we've had glimpses of glimpses of the the crazy Brandon already this season and uh it looks like next week might be a really uh a really good episode for uh for us to watch crazy brandon yeah do you like the tattoos that brandon has gotten since you played survivor with him uh you know he got one of those in samoa with us by and i've never seen anybody in more pain because they actually didn't do it with a tattoo needle they did it with old school (laughs) tattooing they did it with a hammer and a spike uh the one that's on his neck so I, i I don't know. I'm not a big tattoo guy, but that's just me. <laughs> to each their own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, you, you were you were there on the jury there in uh, Samoa, sitting there watching as Brandon Hans uh, gave his necklace to Albert. Gave away a, mil- gave away a million dollars. <laughs> there really wasn't enough analysis on what really would have happened if he would not have done that. Because right, enlighten us. Uh, if, I mean, if he's he's sitting there, uh, and I have to remember the facts right, but he's sitting there with the, the necklace, um, and they were going to vote out Albert that night, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which would have which would have left Coach Sophie, Brandon, and um, Rick. Now, the next time, no matter what happens, they're voting out Rick because there was no way that anybody was going to let Rick come to the final three. He was just far too likable, and he, he still is. He's a, so a wonderful human being. So Rick is gone for sure the next time, leaving the final three of Coach, Sophie, and Brandon. And at that point, Brandon, throughout the whole thing, all he had done was, from, from the Savai tribe perspective, who was the predominant members of the jury, all he had done for us was cook for us and clean up around camp and tell us about his little baby that's at home. He was walking away with a million dollars if he didn't give that away. So sorry, Brandon, if you're listening uh, and hadn't realized that yourself but uh, <laughs> you you gave away the million dollars unfortunately that's a sad story it's a sad it story. is it really is yeah uh 
but you know, it's I think everything works out for a reason, and who knows what would have happened if he would have won the million dollars. I see. Who knows? Who knows? Now, how about this? Is Brandon Hans playing a worse game the second time around than the first time around? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he really knew what he was doing either time. Uh, and this time it just last time he had a coach to follow. Yes. This time he doesn't, and he's left to his own devices. And I think that's a lot more interesting from a television standpoint. Uh, but I think it's a lot more destructive from a uh, from his game standpoint. Should coach get more credit for keeping Brandon Hance in check uh, throughout that <laughs> that season that you guys played in? There are two people on our season that lost a million dollars. Brandon, as I just explained, and Coach is the other person that lost a million dollars. Because all, so no, he shouldn't get more credit because he, all he had to do was step up to the fact that, hey, this is what I did. I had the biggest target coming in, and I still was able to get all these people to follow me. And I'm here in the final three now, despite all of these challenges. That's why I deserve to win the million dollars. Instead, he wanted to go the route of saying he played an honorable game. Literally, we, we talk. I'm, I'm sure everybody that watches knows that you know when you're at Ponderosa, which is where all the jury member hang out, you talk about what's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, if Coach would have owned up and just said, hey, I owned, owned his game, he would have won the million dollars. And we had Coach because on. It's not like, uh, we we had didn't go co- into that. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. Good. Uh, we had Coach on a couple of weeks ago, and he and he had said that uh, he did feel like he played the best game, and he thought it was the the jury was a little bitter. He played the best game. I'll say it right now, for sure, undoubtedly. Um, to control an entire tribe, he did it the same way that uh, he did it the same, very similar to the way the Boston Rob did it. Mm-hmm. He just didn't own his game in the end, and he didn't have um, a couple of patsies to take along with him. I mean, he had a he had Sophie, who's very intelligent, and uh, I'm, you know, proud to have her as the, the winner of our season. Yeah, but coach, coach should have won. And coach, <laughs> coach played the best game uh, under the hardest circumstances, and you know, a few, a few choice words at the end, and, and kind of owning up to what he did would have won him the million dollars. I know it would have won him my vote, and at yeah. least three or four other votes. I could see you voting for coach. I could see you being analytical about it, and but I don't know if everybody would have. I do. Okay. <laughs> we've talked about it. We've talked about it uh, a, a number of a number of times with uh, with a lot of with a lot of the guys. I know that they would have voted for a coach if he would have owned his owned his game. How, how dare you, Jim Rice? Imply that you know what was going on on your season better than I do. <laughs> I I podcasted about that whole season, Jim. How dare I, you? I know. I'm just I'm just telling you. I, I really I, I believe that's what would have happened. <laughs> I have a podcast award, all right? <laughs> so let's segue from a guy who uh, took the Boston Rob playbook a season after Boston Rob to a guy who played with Boston Rob and is now running the Boston Rob playbook this season. What's been your take on Philip this season? We saw him giving out nicknames to everybody. Is Philip oh, going Phillip. going overboard with Phillip, the nicknames? Genuinely. I mean, he's, he's genuine. I've met him a couple times, and he was nothing but nice to me, my friends and family, but he's a lunatic. And it's it's fun to watch. He's great TV, and I it's not a winning strategy. Uh, I don't think I don't think he can win, uh, but I think he'll make it pretty far once again. I, I think that anybody would have a really hard time voting for writing Phillips' name down on that last uh, that last card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's I think he's playing the game a little bit too soon. 
Whereas, you know, people like Cochran and um, really Eric and uh, a lot of those guys are really just laying back and not being the, the main focal point because they know they don't need to. And I, I don't have the discipline to do that. If I ever play again, I, I, I couldn't do it. I can, you can't not be yourself. And I know that I would be loud and have a target and be, be that guy. But um, those guys are laying low and they don't need to play the game yet. They're, they're all pretty safe. Well, I think you bring up an interesting point of if Philip gets to the end of the game, can you vote for Philip there? And I was thinking about this myself the other day. It's like if Philip, uh, you know, gets to the end of the game sort of by tricking people uh, with, you know, with, you know, playing playing this game, I kind of feel like. At the end of the day, I don't know if like I, I I wish we could like go go through it and we don't have you know the time or the memory to be able to <laughs> remember everything in this conversation. But I feel like the people that like you know really were uh, very deceptive and tricky the whole s- sort of the way. Uh, do those people get rewarded in the end? And I kind of feel like they don't. But I'm making a lot of you generalizations. Know, it's it, 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 sometimes it seems like sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember when I watched the first season and Hatch was there. I, I, I remember watching that and being like, there's no way this guy's going to win. But here's the thing. When you're out there, you develop a respect for the game more so than when I was watching it at home. And it's, it is a completely different perspective. And when you see what somebody has to go through and all the hurdles that they have to dodge and how they dodge those hurdles, that's that's how – that's how you, you win the game. I mean, I, I remember when I was in final casting and they asked me what I thought um, Russell Hans had done wrong. And I told them that uh, I think that he needed to apologize to everybody for what he had done and, and take responsibility for it. And that was completely wrong. Now that I played, he needed to do the opposite, which was own his game and outline all the different things that he did. And I'm just using Russell as an example. I think that's kind of anybody. Um, nobody on the jury wants to feel like they were duped, but they also want to feel like they're giving it to somebody who did genuinely outplay them and didn't yeah. win on a, on a bogus call yeah. or a bogus or whatever it is. Let me rephrase what I, what I just said. I think I have a better, a better way of putting it in that. I think that everybody coming into this game has a reputation and I kind of feel like the reputation that Philip has, no matter what his game ultimately is this season, is the Philip is crazy or Philip Philip is you know does does all these crazy things. Philip thinks he's a special agent, and at the end of the day, can you award the money to somebody who you have that reputation of? So let's say you go back and you have this reputation of oh that Jim Rice he's a really he's a really smart guy. You could do nothing but stupid things for thirty days in the game, and people will still have oh you know we got to worry about him. He's a, he's a really smart guy. And I don't know if you, if Philip could change that perception enough over the course of this game where people would feel like, you know what, this guy beat me. I got beat by somebody who has the reputation of being a you know a crazy person who is doing all these crazy things. He, he could if he brings two people with him that just skate by. Because I don't think viewers or people that are playing the game dislike anybody more than somebody that just kind of sits there and lets the game come to them. So I, I take back what I said earlier. I think that Philip could win in that scenario. If he took two people that kind of were just there and didn't do anything except for hang out, I think that I think that Philip could win yeah. because I know that I know that that's a type of person that I would give my vote to. Okay. Yeah. And 
like we're saying with coach, a lot of it comes down to that speech. But we're we're a ways away. We're about tw- getting twenty nine days ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna be a fun twenty nine days. I'm I'm. It's nice for the first time in a few seasons. I'm genuinely excited to watch what happens, and and I actually watch. It. So I think it's the only show every week now that I watch on the night that it's on. So let me ask you about this Andrea and Corinne sort of situation where we saw last week where Andrea wanted to start targeting Corinne because she's off with Malcolm. Now I'm gonna tell me if this is too much of a stretch. On your season, you had a pair in Ozzy and Elise who, a little bit like Corinne and Malcolm, are off on their own. They're talking all the time. And you guys decide to uh, make that move and get rid of Elise early on in your game. Do you feel like, is this too soon for Andrea to be targeting somebody potentially in her own alliance? No, because I think that you need to think that many moves... There's two schools of thought on this. One, that it's too soon to do anything like that, or two, um, you need to be thinking that many moves ahead. You know, if she thinks that the two of them could garner two other people and actually have a a decent voting block, um, then maybe it's not too soon. to. I always say remove the variables. And if she feels that there's everybody else in her uh, alliance is a constant, then I don't think it's a bad move to get rid of, to get, to get rid of her. Okay. I don't know. I kind of think it's, you know, you got other people that aren't in the alliance that's too soon, but who knows? Who knows with this game? So many people. Back to, the, I mean, back to that alliance piece, though. At the merge, whoever's left is in an alliance. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how I see it. Is that's how, if you can get to that merge with a core group that, with, with the numbers, and you're still there, then I think that you're sitting in a pretty good position. Now, I think this season is going to be a little bit different than South Pacific for one of two reasons here. Either one, unlike in your season, I kind of feel like we're going to have a tribe swap here like they did in the original fans versus favorites. Because at this point, we are the fans are really hemorrhaging so badly that they're down three people now in the numbers. So I feel like we need a tribe swap at least unless we're just going to totally wipe out the fans to get to a very exciting uh, post merge with just favorites in it. Or the other way around is that if that does happen where we have the fans tribe just get so decimated, it's not going to be a a situation like in your season where, okay, there's six from one tribe and six from the other tribe. It's going to be the favorites are going to start needing to cannibalize themselves earlier once we get to that merge. Say they merge like eight and four or something like that as opposed to six and six. Uh, Regardless, I like the nice thing for us watching it. I like all of those scenarios. I think all of those are really fun scenarios to watch, uh, fortunately. What you have here with, um, with this, this situation, regardless of what happens or when they merge, I, I kind of feel like a merge is coming a little bit sooner rather than later as well. But what you do have, though, is you have a tribe full of favorites that are savvy. They know that you know, knocking off a few extra fans isn't going to really get them that much closer to the million dollars. The smart ones are going to realize that, hey, Maybe there's a fan or two in there that I need to utilize to advance my position within my, within the new game, which is uh, a, a merge tribe or a swap tribe. So I don't think that you're going to have a – I think that there's going to be a lot of the fans that are going to go, but I think that there's going to be a couple that will stick around because there's enough strategic thinkers on the favorites tribe. They know that they could that those, those votes are, are powerful, and I think that there's going to be somebody over there that – is smart enough to use those fan votes. 
Right, well, let's talk about the fan tribe a little bit. And we had this crazy situation with Shamar the whole season. Oh, man. And now Shamar is is finally gone. Well, what was your take on Shamar? Hated him. <laughs> I, I, I seriously did. I I couldn't stand him. I, 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 I got to admit, I fast-forwarded a lot of the parts with him because I couldn't – he was very uh, uncomfortable to watch. I didn't like him. See, uh, I thought this was the kinder, uh, the kinder and gentler – Jim Rice, that you you seem to have be a, a love fest for everybody so far, but now we finally get no, the man. old Jim Rice. How could you, I really don't know how they kept him on? I mean, the first person that you tend to get rid of is the person that is driving you crazy around camp the most. He drove me crazy as a fan. I cannot imagine how crazy he drove everybody else. Now, uh, is it true? Uh, is it true that you hated Shamar? Because you thought his name sounded too much like Semhar. <laughs> I, I barely remember that girl. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I just I, I. There's a lot of there's a lot to do around freaking camp, and to have somebody sitting there on their butt is just so unnerving uh, to everybody else. I I, I I couldn't believe it. He stuck around for as long as he did. He did. Well, we had Sherry keep him around and said, hey, I'm going to take this guy around. I'm going to have he's going to be my Philip and I'm going to bring him to the end. Did you like that idea? No, it didn't work out. But did you think that that was a at least a kernel of a good idea? I like that idea. I personally don't have the discipline to do it. I I love the idea. uh, If you can actually do that. Good for you. But he was beyond a Phil Phillips enjoyable at least and comical from time to time <laughs> and entertaining and on an island where you have no entertainment aside for a game a game that you play every three days Shamar's mm. uh, just abrasive and annoying and it's just and not in a good way sometimes you have those people that you don't like that are fun to watch because you want to see what happens this is a guy that you watch and makes your skin crawl and not a not somebody that I would like to be around. Yeah, the funny thing, though, I did my interview with Sh- with Shamar today, and he was such a delight. He was very, very nice and fun on the phone. I'm sure. I, good for him. <laughs> he was very good, Shamar. I mean, good good for him. Uh, getting taken <laughs> out by a piece of sand. That's impressive. <laughs> that... Uh, Jim, I'll have you know that uh, that I got a, we got a lot of comments from people. That is a very big concern. If you get some sort of a cornea injury from sand, this is no laughing matter. Um, I wish him nothing but the best for him and his eye. <laughs> Jim, should we require all survivors to wear goggles for thirty nine days from uh, now on? I think just Shamar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nasty out there. You know, it's it's bad. It's it's bug bites. It's it's horrible. But you get through it. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it is. It's 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 tough. I mean, I was surprised that the these diehard fan tribe. I kind of thought that the season that I was on was going to be fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, I, I just kind of had that feeling, but um, it's such a it's such a fun season. All right, so this... Yeah, I don't. I don't think the fans have a whole lot of hope unless somebody on the favorites tribe throws out an olive branch and utilizes one of them 
um, in some type of plan, which would be fun to watch. I hope, I hope something like that does happen. Yeah, whatever one is going to sell out the other fans, they will go further than the other fans. Then they'll come in like fifth. They'll be like, you know, come in like the, in the Eric or Natalie Bolton spot, and it'll right. be a bunch of favorites that get to the end. But whatever, you know, no, you know gives – the favorites, the numbers they need to get rid of the other fans in the short term, then that person will go on for a little bit. Yeah. Survivor has a tend to ebb and flow and even itself out. So I have a feeling we'll see some evening out here pretty soon, but maybe not. All right. So this is something that I think you'll have a interesting take on. So the fans went to tribal council on the last episode and they had to make a decision here. We have, so we have these two strong guys, Reynolds and Eddie and they're doing great in the competitions, and but the fans keep on losing. So they have to make this decision. Do we vote out one of our two strong guys, or do we vote out somebody who's loyal to us and in our alliance but is not helping us in the challenge? And ultimately, the fans decide to go and take out somebody who is, or at least Sherry and Matt and Mike decide uh, to take out somebody who is in their alliance and loyal to them but not as good in the challenge. And I think that considering everything that happened in your season with loyalty and flipping, what do you think of this situation? I think it's hundred percent the right thing to do. Oh, um, because we're at a stage in the game that if you don't win a challenge, you guys are going to get steamrolled anyway. And your little alliance of four people isn't going to mean anything against an alliance of seven people that, that would just steamroll you. You know, you need to win one, two, three in a row to kind of get this thing back to even. And it, it was, I look at it this way. The downside to get, getting rid of her really isn't there. Because what, what would the downside be? You're losing somebody who's loyal? Well, those, like I said before, Reynolds going to be loyal if you guys go to a merge and it's, and it's advantageous to him. Mm-hmm. He's going to stick with you guys. So you get that same, maybe not a, a 10 out of 10 in terms of loyalty, but you're getting an 8 out of 10 there and you know a solid 8 out of 10 in challenges where her you get a 10 out of 10 in loyalty but you get about a one out of zero out of 10 maybe the worst of all time uh in challenges so when you look at it that way i think it was the right move at this stage in the game if they were going to the merge and it were it was six and six um or something along those lines where you know that loyalty meant more but at this stage of the game they gotta win they're back there against the law i think it was the right choice to get rid of her i think it's um a little bit too little too late. I think they should have done something along those lines last time too, but I guess they did. Well, uh-huh. let me let me paint the downside and you tell me if this is a valid concern. So let's say next week we have a tribe swap, okay? And now Sherry and uh you know, Sherry and Mike end up on a tribe with Reynolds and four of the favorites. Now, yes, the favorites are probably going to be are, are going to outnumber them to begin with, but you have the chance that Reynolds also could defect to them, whereas if you could have potentially have Laura, maybe you could swing one of the other favorites back over to your side uh, and take the advantage. So there could be a scenario where he's very eager to go with the others to work with the other side as opposed to go down with the sinking fans ship. Yeah, but that's only going to buy you a day or two. Uh, and, you know, I see I see what you're saying. Um, but I don't think that you have somebody that you could make a, a very appealing case to to why you should stick with me. And his loyalties are going to go wherever um, it's going to advance 
advance his chance at the end a little bit better. So by by screwing over one person now, you, at this point in the game too, you're also not screwing over a jury member mm-hmm. or an entire tribe of jury members, which is a very very big consideration. You can screw people over left and right right now; it doesn't matter because those people have no say in the end. Once you get to the point where there's a jury, then you kind of have to start to factor those those pieces in. If you go against if if there were a situation where it was a little bit more even, and you go against your entire tribe, well, then the numbers become impossible for you to get voted as the winner. Um, so it depends what your it depends, I guess, what your big end game is. But I, I don't see a scenario in which it was a bad idea to get rid of uh, their their weakest link at this point in the game. They winning is paramount, and they need to put themselves in the best position to do that. And I think they did. So, Jim, what's been your take on Reynolds so far? Do you think Reynolds is playing a good game? Okay, two seasons in a row. I guess I did watch a little bit of the other season because I remember whatever the season um, Kim won. Yes, One World. The same problem happened there. It's like these guys, these fans of the show have never watched Survivor before. Uh, when how, how dare you, they, Jim Rice, imply that our fa- <laughs> the, the fans tribe representing all the fans of Survivor don't watch the show? Hey, I'm going to do a little simple math for you here. In that in the season with the Kim one, they got a, they had an alliance of four and thought they were running the place. Well, hey, you need five to have a majority. <laughs> Same thing here. They're talking about the pr- the pretty people yeah. and they're going to run the show and they have four people. I, I guess pretty people can't do math because two seasons uh, are two examples of exactly the mis- the misconception of uh, a minority group. Uh, a four thinking that they're running the show. Yeah, in so fairness. Aside from that huge flub, yes. I think he's playing a, a good game, especially I think he's using the idol to its maximum potential. I know uh you know he used it yesterday and or he used it on this this week's show and it didn't work out. I was sitting here with my fiance and I said the same thing. I'm like, I would have used it too because mm-hmm. you don't want to go home with an idol in your pocket and there was a very good chance that they were trying to blindside him. Um they weren't, but hey, your worst case scenario is that the idol's back in play and you were able to find it before and you're still in the game. So I think he's playing a not a flawless game, but he's playing a pretty good game. Now, does it make any sense? And you know, we're just putting we're just throwing stuff at the wall right now. I don't know the answer to this question. I'm not like a good lawyer. I like I know the answer to this question before I ask it. <laughs> Would it make any sense to sort of tell Reynolds what's up and really get him to not use the idol and say that you know, the idol could be a weapon for the fans tribe as a whole going forward. Like if you are, if you're somebody like Sherry, is it advantageous for you at all for Reynolds to keep the idol? If you get the mentality of us versus the other fans out of the picture and start thinking big picture, it's us versus the favorites. Would it make any sense to say like, look, everybody like we're all going to swear on a stack of Bibles. And I don't know what that, what that's worth. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's, I think it's so let's say that I was on one of those guys that was in that alliance. Um, I, I think that thought process has some merit to it, but at the same time, you're you don't. I'm, I'm sitting there without the idol. I can get him to play it, and one of us is going to find it before the merch because once he plays it, it goes back into play. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like the, I like the opportunity to find it myself personally or somebody that I feel a little closer aligned to because you know we were able to convince Ozzy to use his. Uh, idol for for one of us um, at swap and in, in somewhat of an attempted failed strategic move, um, 
so we were able to do that. But I think that opportunity will arise again because that idol immediately goes back into play. Okay, that's interesting. And, and you may even have an advantage, too, because let's say there's a swap immediately. Well, that one island has um, an idol back in play, and the only people that know that there's an idol, that there's an idol hidden are the fans. Any favorites that come to your island aren't going to have any idea of what's going on with the idol. So all of a sudden you even have a better chance because you're only looking for that idol versus three other people versus an entire your entire tribe looking for that idol. Have you gotten a good read on either Matt or Mike uh, so far this season? Because I kind of feel like Matt is in a good position now going forward. I feel like he sort of wrestled the reins of the tribe away from Sherry a bit with Sherry losing Shamar. Yeah, I think Sherry's lost a lot of her clout and and her her plan. Uh, see, it's, it'll be interesting to see how she adapts. Um, she doesn't come off of as a, as a very inherently likable person uh, either, so I, I don't think that she'll stick around unless she can make some pretty savvy strategic moves. But uh, yeah, I think that I think there's a couple of people on that tribe that are in a pretty decent position, and I think Matt being one of them. So you're not a Sherry fan? Nah, not really. Not really. <laughs> Oh, uh, I think she's all, I think she's all right. I think, you know, I understand, I, I understand why she wanted to tie her, uh, tie herself to Schmar for the, hopefully for the end, but I think it was way too early to do that. And I think she tied herself to a sinking ship and, uh, she may go down with it. All right, Jim. So let's get into some of these questions. Cause a lot of them are about this season. A lot of them about your season. So could uh, take us in a few interesting uh, directions. Gary Drizlinski, he's got the first one. Of course, these come to us on our Facebook fan page. You can get to that at facebook.com slash Rob has a podcast. Gary Drizlinski wants to know who has the best poker face this season and who isn't playing with a full deck. You see what he did there? That's <laughs> uh, very witty, Gary. Um, there's a few people that aren't playing with a full deck. I don't think Shamara was playing full, with a full deck. Uh, Philip definitely is not playing with a full deck. Brandon, sweet kid, but he's not playing with a full deck. Uh, I think that, I mean, I know he has had, I think, probably the least words spoken. I think that Eric has a great poker face right now. He's the um, silent one. He really, really is. He's a silent one in a majority alliance. It's not like you have Brenda kind of peeking in from the outside. I think that Malcolm's doing a good job, too, uh, of having the poker face. You know, you got to put yourself in the situation of, um, the favorites who don't know this guy, you know, he's seen all of their seasons, but nobody really has any idea of who this guy is. So they're thinking, you know, the last time that that happened, I think was with, um, I know one of the times it happened was with Russell. Russell, right. And so they could be thinking, Hey, this guy's did something super shady on the, his previous season to get here. We got to keep an eye out for him. But Hey, so far, all he's been is likable and really not mixing anything up. And he went out and played and went out and found the idol. Like Russell, so I, I a nicer version. I mean, he's gonna have a. He's one of those guys that's a, a tough person to take to the end, though, because you just you, you get to know him and you know that hey, this guy's way too nice. He's gonna he's gonna win if we take him to the end. Did you watch the Philippines last season? I watched pieces of it. Um, I watched. I did watch the finale, uh, and I did watch some of the pieces of it. Yeah, were you surprised that Jeff Kent was on Survivor? It was. I know that. that um, I thought it was. Kind of bizarre, but hey, if uh, if it's a show that you love and these people, <laughs> the, the, the fans and Lisa, those guys were real fans of the show and they wanted to be on it and they made it happen. They didn't just sit back and watch watch television and say they should be on. They 
they were proactive. Yeah. I don't think probes, I don't think probes was sitting around saying, Hey, remember that show flat facts of life? We, we got to get that Blair chick on this show. <laughs> I mean, they, they went out and they went out and made it happen and good for them. Okay. Here's a Scott Chupac. He's got another poker question. He wants to know what's Jim's impression of John Robert and Boston Rob's poker skills. Also, are there any other survivors that are impressive poker players? Do you have poker scouting reports on any of the other survivors? I, I actually don't. I tried to get on Ponderosa. I tried to get into the game that Probst was in, but uh, I, I had no luck doing that. There's one thing that I like: um, sex and poker are two things that everybody thinks they're better at than they actually are. So <laughs> I think go. that everybody thinks they're a lot better at poker than they really are. I know that Rob's tried it a few times. If you can say that you're a profitable poker player, then uh, I think that that's uh, that's a pretty big, big thing to say in your career. Now I know you are you are a poker player, but what's your poker resume? You know, I since I've had this kid, I have not played. I'm playing in the big tournament tomorrow. Um, but uh, I've been on uh, I've been on TV twice and won uh, a World Poker Tour bracelet. Okay, um, I think I'm up to 41 tournament wins now, uh, in in at, at varying levels. But my my proudest achievement for poker is saying that I've won more than I've lost. <laughs> Give us the ranking. Really, and Give really us the, it is. the survivor poker power, uh, power rankings, just just so I I'm know. I'm trying to think who else even played. How about Amanda Kimmel? Uh, really? <laughs> She's new on the scene? Uh, I did not know that. It's, I, I really I couldn't give an educated answer on that because I haven't played against any of them. I think uh, <laughs> John has the uh, the most winnings, uh, and uh, I think he's probably profitable. Yeah, John Robert is the best, would you say? Is that fair to say? I think the proof is in the pudding, and he's he's the one that's making a living at it. And anybody that can make a living at it um, definitely has some skill. Is John Robert better at poker or Survivor? I gotta think poker. <laughs> you gotta think the same. Oh, poker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Kenneth Gregory Jackson. I actually saw him. I saw him the last time I was out in Vegas. I didn't, I didn't say anything to him. What? I had nothing really to say, but kind of random. He's at the craps table next to me. <laughs> yeah, and you you didn't even say hey, you didn't even give him the survivor handshake. No, don't say what it is for people who the, the people who <laughs> don't reveal that. No, I didn't. I probably should have, but I was on a hot roll, so I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kenneth Gregory Jackson wants to know: Was Cochran that sunburned in South Pacific? Did Cochran <laughs> get sun poisoning? Cochran, Cochran's the whitest person I've ever seen. I don't know how he got so much more burnt this season than he did our season. He definitely got red in our season, but this season it appears that he got blistered. I mean, even Jeff said it was the worst sunburn that he's ever seen on anybody. Uh, I, I, he was not that bad on our season, but he, uh, man, he definitely got burnt but this year. Wow. So bad for him. Yeah. So uh, is he doing something different? Would he have a new strategy that he said <laughs> on day one, I'm going to build a base and then go from there? <laughs> I think I think he probably should have built a base uh, a little <laughs> bit before he went out there. Is that I don't a good know move? How long that would have taken? Even after he got off uh, last, I mean, he was still the same color of white after the whole last season too. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there, but man, did you guys have any special sunscreen the first time that maybe they're not giving them this time? We did. You know what? We did. I mean, that's the only thing that was hidden off. We we did have they give you a little bit of sunscreen. I don't think I'm spoiling anything. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, maybe he used it more that time. 
Yeah. That's the only thing they give you. They give you, they give you sunscreen and feminine products for the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. The sunscreen, the sunscreen is, uh, it's like in a big jug. And, uh, yeah. I, and you can't really, and I, I would get in trouble because I would like try to rub it in, uh, like rub it on, on my face and I'd have like, you know, spl- splotches of it, like, uh, look like, <laughs> like, uh, Baywatch. Uh, and, and I'd say, well, I don't have a mirror. So how am I supposed to get this right? <laughs> exactly. All right. So, uh, Matthew Wojus wants to know, did Brandon ever pee in the rice, pee in the beans, burn down the shelter and, or throw out the rice during your time with him? No, he had uh, he had coach keeping him in check. I think he doesn't have anybody keep. I think the person keeping him in check now is Philip. It's a very very sad thing to say. <laughs> yeah, the inmates are running the asylum at this point. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, uh, were you concerned at all? Were you only half paying attention? Did you think that Brandon said that he was going to pee on Jim Rice? <laughs> No, I wasn't. I wasn't too worried about that. <laughs> I'm. I would be worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian Edwards wants to know: Would you go along with Stealth or us, or would you try to break that up? What would happen, Jim, if Philip came along and gave and gave you a Stealth or us nickname? What, what would be your Stealth or us nickname? I'll use. I'll use my dad's advice: Go, go along to get along, and that's. I would. Hey, Papa Bear came up to me and said, "Hey, you want to be in alliance with me?" The answer is always yes. Yeah, <laughs> the answer is never no. Okay, yeah, you know, that's true. It's it's like in Ghostbusters. If uh, somebody if somebody asks you, "Are you a god?" the answer is always yes. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Very good. Try to see how excellent, how excellent reference. How dated of a reference can I give? Uh, on a I show? love that reference. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Brian Brown has a question. I, I got we got a lot of questions about your vocation, Jim, and maybe you could. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of confusion out there sure. about what you about what you actually do. Uh, he wants to know how's okay. how's business been since they legalized pot in Colorado. All right, so maybe you can clear up. Uh, you know, and be a little more technical with uh, what you do. Sure. Um, business is spectacular. Right? So I have me personally. I have two uh, marijuana dispensaries. Um, that cater to anybody who has a doctor's red card, which is essentially a, your marijuana license. And then I have two uh, large warehouses where we grow all of our own marijuana, and then we can sell it to other dispensaries only. The law that's come into place now has doesn't take effect until January 1 of 2014. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, you can't just come out here and buy pot. You can smoke it, but you can't buy it. Um, and that's kind of the weird situation that you're in Colorado right now. Um, I know that by the end of the year, anybody who already has a marijuana dispensary like myself, uh, will be able to, um, will be the first ones to be able to sell, uh, pot to recreational uses. Whoa. It's, it is, it is so far and beyond anything that you have in states, marijuana that you find in states that where it's not legal, it's extremely, extremely potent. The varieties are endless and it's so people that do come out here be forewarned be careful but uh, <laughs> it's a it's a fun business to be in it's the longest this job a commercial I've ever held, and i just said that the other day what? hey <laughs> hlhcolorado.com if you want to advertise on rob as a podcast yeah i can be i can be your sponsor nobody's picking up sponsorship from my marijuana dispensary quite yet no um but uh it's 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 a business that i really believe in i i love being in it and my parents give me a hard time still for uh, you know, say you went to grad school so that you could be a be a pot dealer, and, but it's, I believe it more than anything else I've ever done in my life. Yeah. So 
it's it's a fun business to be in. Now, t- now tell me the truth. Uh, did uh, after after the game was over, uh, was was Ozzy uh, su- suddenly being a lot nicer to you than he was during the game? <laughs> I told I've offered. I told Ozzy to come out here. Actually, he just sent me a text a couple days ago, yeah. uh, and he he was on his way to Vegas to play poker and asked if I had any advice. He's not, um, not losing your number. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but he has not been out yet to visit. They definitely they told me, you know, hey, that you should have told everybody what you did. But my thought process was, I was planning for the million dollars from day one. Um, I didn't think that anybody would give uh, a quote unquote drug dealer uh, a million dollars. <laughs> you made your big miscalculation. You could have had a final two <laughs> deal with Ozzy from day one. A couple of ounces, and uh, yeah, no kidding. But yeah, that's that's that would have been the minority alliance. Have you thought about bringing in Dawn Meehan to uh, make any edible type of <laughs> marijuana brownies or anything like that? Any sort of breads? Oh, man. I wish she would freak out if she uh, <laughs> if she ever even saw anybody who sees our our warehouse is always is, is pretty awestruck um, at just the the sheer <laughs> volume that we do. That's <laughs> it's amazing. It is. It really is. It's. It's. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of what we put together out here. Uh, Brian Scally wants to know who was Jim aiming to take to the final three before Cochran flipped. Also, uh, how far was he planning on taking Ozzy? So I, I think that you uh, explained this uh, way back when, but uh, refresh everybody's memory. Sure. Um, Ozzy was going to be the first to go, um, and then uh, I knew that I was not taking. I was going to take Cochran to the end for sure. Um, and then it was kind of between um, between a couple other people. Now, why Whitney. Cochran? What what appealed to you about taking Cochran to the end? Because he did nothing strategic and he did nothing around camp. Uh, he was almost voted out several different times. Um, he would have. I didn't think he would garner any votes. How do you think Cochran would fare? in a final tribal council performance. Cause I think this would be very interesting because he's so self-deprecating when he talks, especially in public, you, you almost imagine that he'd be up there in the final two. He's like, you know, I, I, re- I tried, I, I really, I wasn't very good. I, I, you know, I don't even know why you guys would even vote for me because I really, I was terrible. <laughs> like I was uh, a disaster. I, I, something I would love to see. I think that's a great question. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think, he, you know, he ate, at the end of the day, he's a Harvard law grad. And so I think that, and he can definitely put a thought together. Um, I think he'd be pretty dangerous in a final tribal. Yeah. He would become, I, he I would do. be likable, but I don't know if we've never heard him. He's, he is inherently likable. And like I said before, I think he'd be very dangerous to be some type of person that you'd want to, uh, you'd want to comfort. I mean, Don's another person who would be dangerous to take to, a, could be dangerous as well to take to a final because she has all these kids, wonderful kids that she uh, has, a wonderful family. She's kinder than anybody, genuinely kinder than anybody I know. Another tough person to stay to the end. Okay, how about this? This is almost like a ding, Mary kill. Uh, it, let's do an all-South <laughs> Pacific final three. Uh, Dawn, Cochran, and Brandon go all the way. Who wins? Oh, my goodness. Um who wins out of those three? If those three are in the final, I yes. would say Dawn. Yeah, probably. I would think Dawn. I think she she is likable enough around camp. Um, I think she's uh, does well on the challenges. I can't believe they set her out last night. Um, I would say I would say Dawn if she doesn't get in, in her own way uh, in that final tribal. That's not Brandon. 
Uh, I think it would be a two-horse race between Don and Cochran. All right, so this is an interesting question from Dan Heaton. He wants to know, do you feel like the editing portrayed you and your other tribe mates fairly after Cochran's flip? Do you think that that was, that? did they make, they make it seem like, oh, poor Cochran? Or do you think that that was sort um, of? No, I, I was way meaner than what they showed <laughs> on the air. And I, I 100% mean that. I'm so glad that they did not air some of the things that I said. Um, <laughs> It's, it makes me feel better. I was cringing. I, I remember I called Cochran before that episode and said that I wanted to apologize for anything that I said. <laughs> what, what, I said what did really you say? Things. What did you say that they I didn't think, put in I the episode? Things, I said things about his mother and uh, <laughs> his family and uh, how embarrassed. I mean, I don't. I was pretty ruthless, and uh, I've since met his family, and they are kinder <laughs> than uh, than I could have imagined. And uh, but. It was, uh, it was, it, I remember, I remember that very vividly. He, he even, he recently apologized to me for flipping and I told him, <laughs> I told, I told him for verbatim. I said, not verbatim, but I told him, you never, ever have to apologize for that because <laughs> I've never been happier in my entire life. And if I would have went on to win, you know, I may not have been at the mall the one day that I was returning my hat, uh, and met my now fiance and mother of my child. And, uh, and that's, I a hundred percent mean that. So I didn't, I didn't care at all. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. And, uh, and you know, before too long, you're going to have, you're going to have a million dollars in, uh, in, uh, marijuana money. So look at you. <laughs> going to win. You're yeah. going to win. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not complaining. I, I like where, where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's good. That's it looks- what Keith, Keith is the one that'll get going. Keith is the one. That, oh, that Cochran! Oh, Cochran! And he'll 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 be the one that still gets uh, real inside. And all I tell him is, I'm like, hey, dude, you're six foot four, you have a six pack, and you are engaged to Whitney. I'm like, I, I feel zero sympathy for you. Yeah, uh, I really do believe that the uh, the key to not having any sort of bitterness uh, after Survivor is, uh, you know, having uh, having some success with something. That's really what it comes I, down I to. Think you're, I think you're I think you're 100 right. Uh, so let's talk about Keith and Whitney here. Uh, they are yeah, engaged. Are you engaged. Go, are you going to be in the wedding party for Keith and Whitney, or you have not been asked yet? Uh, I've not been asked yet. I know he's um, him and Whitney are coming to visit me, and I'm going to be in Florida for a month. They're coming down for a long weekend. Uh, and they've been out here to Denver a couple of times and I've been to Nashville and, uh, I know they're getting married. Oh, I don't know what they're getting me- married next year, but, uh, no, I also, I'm not in the, uh, the wedding party as of right now. As of right now. Yeah. Now what is Savai a very close uh, knit tribe, even after the fact? You know, I think the people that I've talked to, the people that I've seen have been keeping Whitney and Dawn, um, mm-hmm. and kept in touch occasionally with, uh, Cochran. Um, I talked to him more during the season. And uh, I think it's in, you know, the occasional random text from Ozzy on random trips to Vegas. <laughs> what about Papa Bear? Any sign of Papa Bear? Oh, uh, you know, he'll shoot me an email, a, a really nice message every once in a while. You know, he congratulated me on the birth of my son. And, uh, you know, he sent me a couple, a couple of nice messages along the way. Yeah. Uh, would There's you. People that stayed more entrenched than others. And I just, I just, um, I guess being not on one of the coasts. Uh, where the concentrations of survivor individuals are, uh, I, I kind of don't get to see everybody quite as quite as often. And being engaged too, I don't go to the events. I mean, I was single. I'm sure I, I would, yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not it's not it's not something that I'm drawn to. Yeah, and you should stay away if uh, if you want to have a happy <laughs> marriage. 
Yeah, it's not not that appealing. I don't feel like I'm really missing out on that. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Jim, what if your son said to you one day, Dad, I want to be like you. I want to grow up and be a survivor. Uh, would you would you allow him to pursue that that quest, or you tell him that uh, you know, son, you're better than that? Hundred percent. Why not? Yeah, do it for sure. I think that's one thing that I learned a little bit later in life uh, that I wish I would have kind of grasped onto um, earlier, which is uh, go for it. Um, ask ask for something. If you don't ask for something, you're not going to get it. And I was kind of thinking to that one day when I decided to get my video camera out and do uh, an application for Survivor. Um, and so why not? I mean, I think that, that philosophy has gotten me pretty far in life, and uh, I kind of wish I would have grabbed on to it a little earlier. So, yeah, for sure, do it. I, I push it 100%. How many times did you apply before you got on the show? I did only apply that once. Oh, that's all it took. The only other show that I applied for, The Apprentice, once when I was the first season when I was uh, – too young to be on The Apprentice, uh, but I still made it very far <laughs> in the casting process. And you then, could have uh, been there with Omarosa. I, I could have been. That was the season that I, that's the only thing I ever tried. And they, uh, yeah, they eventually called me and asked me if I would be interested in Survivor, and nothing ever came of it. And six years later, I just started. I was at, I actually, I was at a bar with my buddy, and we were talking about how weird of a background I have. And he, we both kind of came up like, hey, you should be on Survivor. I sent him in tape, and, you know. Um, two years later, I'm sitting here talking to you about it. Yeah, you do have a background like one of these apprentice contestants, not like a celebrity was, apprentice contestant. Now, now <laughs> I do. Uh, when I first tried out, I didn't quite have the a couple of the interesting, more interesting uh, tidbits in there, but now uh, it's a pretty interesting background. Yeah. Uh, do you watch the Celebrity Apprentice? I did. I did. Um, I kind of given up on that show, oh. uh, and then the fiance wanted to watch it, so I'm like, all right. Okay. Uh, I hate that word, fiance, too. I just think it sounds so pretentious, but it does. Uh, I love her, so <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll I'll, I'll it. say it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I like it. I like the red. I thought that was pretty good. I think it's going to be pretty interesting this season. I don't think they. I can't believe that they fired Brett Michaels over. Oh, spoiler alert! Spoiler. I, <laughs> what? Yeah. That was, that was, hey, there is a rule in this. You literally have four days to watch, and we're four on days. Thursday. I I can I can say it if you haven't gotten to it yet. It's your fault. Then again, <laughs> don't spoil The Walking Dead for me because I haven't watched this last week's one yet. <laughs> well, I'm a whole season behind on you, so uh, we won't even get into that. Um, so, Jim, maybe would you do a Celebrity Apprentice podcast with us uh, somewhere, uh, down the road in a couple of weeks? Yeah, sure. I've watched that show a ton, so I, I'm like, I really enjoy watching. I got into it. All right. Uh, yeah. That's what I mean when I say I watch a ton. I really, sometimes I'll watch something else here and play Words with Friends, but uh, I, I really liked watching that. That was right. That was pretty good. I'll stick with that one. Yeah. All right. We're going to get you back on the grid here. I don't know if you <laughs> want right, to be back on. on the grid. We're going to get... I'm ready. What else, what else you got? I, right. I watched The Bachelor, too. There's, there's something. No. <laughs> I think we're out on The Bachelor. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. How about... Uh, here's a question from uh, Nicole Troyer. She wants to know, who would you want to work with if you were there instead of, say, Brandon? Uh, let's say they filled they filled in the South Pacific quota and put you on instead of Brandon. Uh, would you be looking for revenge, or would you take a back seat to the game in hand? Who would you? You're on that favorites tribe now. Who are you working That's with? That's tough. You know, you, you said something there that I had had to actually think about um, in the past year. Is if if I were on this season, if I were on the season with Cochran, if I could put my feelings aside uh, <laughs> about wanting revenge, it would be tough. Um, I think immediately you have a you have a rapport with the people that are on your tribe. So I would be I probably would team up with 
uh, Cochran and Don. Um, with Cochran and I know, both knowing that what, we both want to blindside each other and whoever's going to get there first is going to be the victor. Uh, but I think those are both pretty good people to team up with. You want to team up with people that are stable, mm-hmm. uh, that are a constant, that you know what they're going to do or and, and that can be convinced to go the route that you'd want to go. I think Malcolm would have been a great person to team up with too because he was the only person that really didn't have – was he was an unknown quantity and he was kind of looking for a branch to – to hold on to, uh, I think he would have been a great person to team up with. Yeah, he has, I, he has more to lose than you do. The whole Francesca and Philip thing is a little bit like that, where they just could not work <laughs> together, and that did not that did not pan out. You're you're laughing. Hey, he tried. <laughs> I'm just laughing because the poor girl. This is what I mean. I know as a viewer, you look at it, you're like, oh, this poor girl got voted off twice for time. But as a viewer, you don't realize what arduous preparation goes into this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are vetted. You're taking these enormously, even the second time that you're on, you're taking enormously long four-hour exams, physicals, flights for, uh, to, to, be, to be interviewed again. It's it, all of it leading to one moment where you get voted off on the first tribal council. <laughs> it's, it is so painful. And I've heard nothing, nothing but nice things about Francesca, but, uh, Oh, that's tough. That's a tough one. I laugh. It's funny. All right, this is a good one from Brandon Glenn. He wants to know, ask Jim if he would give Brandon some of his medicinal marijuana to get him to chill the F out. Would that would would you say that that would yeah. be a, a good idea for Brandon Hans? I don't know anybody who needs it more. <laughs> I re- I think that it you would think really it could help, help him. him. I think it could help Philip with his multiple personalities. <laughs> I, I really I think it could help both those guys. <laughs> What about Shamar? Could it help Shamar, or that would make him sleep in the oh, shelter more? Dude, dude needs it. He has. <laughs> he has. I'm diagnosing him with post-traumatic stress syndrome um, and anything else that wants to go along with that. <laughs> Who else could get a doctor's note here with uh, the rest of this cast? Uh, oh, so I, I don't think there's anybody that uh, couldn't benefit from from some medicinal marijuana. Uh, <laughs> I have a feeling that Eric has uh, partook uh, on more than one occasion already. Uh, <laughs> During the season, Michigan, I'm guessing that he has his license. I, he may have found a plant. If, if there's a plant on that island, uh, he would have found it, or Ozzy would have found it. Is it uh, is it possible that Tata, the uh, bushman, uh, may have brought some medicinal marijuana? Oh, man, he might have. Uh, somebody should have hit him up for some, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. He okay. may have slipped something in their, uh, in their rice. <laughs> yeah, he may, he may have. Uh, Mike Scow wants to know, would you sign a Jim Rice Boston Red Sox jersey? Would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely would. Uh, I actually collected Jim Rice's baseball cards growing up. Uh, just I uh, like the novelty of it. <laughs> Michael J. Clark wants to know, have you ever picked up a girl at the bar by saying that you're Seth McFarlane? Has, has people said that you're a Seth I've McFarlane? I've gotten McClark? that a lot. Uh, I, I have gotten that a lot. No, I have not. I've only really picked up girls at the bar saying that, hey, I was on Survivor. Well, did anybody give you any hell over the Oscars and people felt like you did a bad job hosting? <laughs> no, I wish I had his money. <laughs> I, I, I like it. I, I thought it was a great outfit, actually. I thought it was pretty funny. Yes. Yes. Uh, so let's see. Uh, how about Michael J. Clark also wants to know, uh, more pleased with the inclusion of your mesmerizing, not hypnotizing sound bet. Or, or sorry. Let me take this. Let me take this question uh, one more time. 
Michael J. Clark wants to know, were you more pleased with the inclusion of your mesmerizing, not hypnotizing soundbite or your Baba Booey? Now, you, you did a Baba Booey on Survivor? Yes. I, so few people realize this. Uh, Gary uh, from, from the Stern yes. Show recognized it, and he thanked me. Um, yeah, but I, a funny story about that, but I actually never had a chance to tell. Uh, I would Baba Booey at the end of every challenge or during the challenge or whenever the camera was on me and I thought that they couldn't edit around it. By the, uh, let's see, by day 20, Jeff had gotten so sick of it, he had all of the producers individually come up to me and say, no more Baba Booey's. Uh, and the one that finally got on the air was after I won individual immunity. Uh, I got a Baba Booey on the air. <laughs> wow. Now, I'm surprised because Jeff is a big Stern fan, right? I even said that to him when before before jury. I'm like, hey, are you going to at least allow one of my Baba Booey's on the air? And he said that uh, yeah, he's a huge Stern fan. He hosts the super fan, uh, celebrity super fan roundtable for Howard Stern. Uh, and he said that it wasn't up to him, even though everything is up to Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't see. I don't think he likes. Yeah, I don't think he likes that kind of stuff. He doesn't. He fucking hated it. Okay, I swear. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, he hated it. (laughs) You could even Baba Booey. (laughs) I, 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 I'll do it in an opportune moment. (laughs) All right. How about? Uh, this is from now you're just waiting for me to do it yeah now we're waiting uh baba and, yeah no and they that uh does he still watch survivor baba Bowie? uh yes he does uh yeah. as of my last season i haven't talked to him since um uh a few months after that but uh yeah as of that that time he uh he did yeah i well i actually w- was on stern when i got when i uh after the Amazon was over, uh, we were on there. That oh, was, really? That was yeah. They used to have the survivors on there, and that was a big thrill. And then uh, I know Gary had come to the CBS upfronts also, and I met Gary and John Hine uh, there as well. So that was uh, yeah, that's pretty neat. Yeah, and, and, and about ninety five percent of the audience has no idea what we're talking about anymore at this point. Uh, Ron... I know that's all, all these Howard Stern things. Ron Chan says that, uh, that helped me get on. That helped me get on the show. Because I was, uh, that was one of the speckled casts uh, I was on, Win Fred's Money, a part of the Howard Stern show. Uh, and I think that's what helped me through casting. Did you win Fred's Money? Uh, close. Six out of seven. But okay. Five out of seven. All right. But no. Close <laughs> cigar. Uh, Ron, do you have the tape of that? Uh, I do somewhere. What was funny is the guys on uh, the producers of the um, show, like the uh, Guys that were actually interviewed us, and we're all big fans, and they listened to it. Once they found out, they went home that night and listened to it. So I don't know if they had a bootleg of it or something. You should put it on YouTube. Uh, it's it's definitely R-rated. <laughs> well, see, they let you put R-rated stuff on YouTube. Uh, Ron, <laughs> Ron chances, are you as surprised as I am that you weren't asked to play this season? What What happened? Did we just have the South Pacific quota? I think so. I think that's what it came down to. Yeah. Um, I think under I think if uh, if it were a different scenario, I think I made I might have had a chance. But Andrew's favorites means you're only bringing back nine people, mm-hmm. and Cochran was a for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, they actually brought and, back uh, ten, Jim. I don't want to get the the, fa- the fact checkers that listen to this podcast. Well, 
I guess they didn't bring Mike Pence, but yeah. I, I think that three was definitely too many for one season. Yeah, it's like we got to come up with like some bizarro universe where the you know it's like if you know you ch- it's like a butterfly effect where it's like if they decide to go instead of Dawn for whatever reason they say you know let's go Holly Hoffman instead of Dawn here. Uh, let's bring. I let's, think then, yeah, maybe that would have been uh, that would have changed it a little bit. Let's bring her back. Cochran is back under any any circumstance, but then we say, okay, oh, maybe Cochran and Jim Rice have a little bit of a you know of a, a little bit of a feud, and we're bringing back Francesca and Philip because we like that sort of conflict. And maybe you have, uh, I mean, I don't even know if you need, would need to do that. Maybe they say, okay, let's get Matt Elrod, Matt Elrod instead of Brandon Hance here, uh, and put him yeah, in. Yeah, Elrod spot. won't do it, I guess. Yeah, so. Who knows? There's a million factors yeah. that go into it. it. It really is, and you never know. Um, you know, I've, it would have been fun, but uh, I'm like I said, I'm the first time that I went on. If I would, I would have been crushed if I didn't. If I didn't get to go and play that first time. Now, hey, you know, I'm in a much better. Uh, I like how I like how my life is right now. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, you yeah, can take, go back take it from me. Not every, not everybody has a great experience when they go back a second time. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> one time is enough. Don't uh, don't yeah. go to the well too much. Uh, <laughs> how about this? Keith Dixon wants to know: uh, Was there not a better alliance name than three plus two? Could you guys have used Philip in there to uh, help out with the alliance making names? I definitely needed. I needed some creativity <laughs> in that. Uh, in that. In that. I'm, I'm analytical. I wanted to explain what was going to happen. There's these three, and these are the two that I would get rid of. <laughs> you needed like a whiteboard, <laughs> I think. I, I really did. I mean, I you know, there I did actually draw a few diagrams in the sand. Uh, during the season, but that never made the air. Yeah. I think they already thought I was too big of a dork as it was. All right. Keith, uh, Keith Dixon wants to know, uh, this gets a little technical. Okay. So, uh, I want to know, uh, right. I know Savai was taking a huge risk and worried about the possibility of the merge not happening when Ozzy beat Christine at Redemption Island. But what would have been the plan if Ozzy lost to Christine or uh, if he if he lost and the merge still didn't happen, and then Savai just suffered another immunity challenge loss. Uh, Cochran had the idol, so it's not like you were able to vote him out. So this was a, one of the really the craziest things that ever happened on Survivor, as far as I'm concerned. When Ozzy decided, hey everybody, vote me out. I'll go to not because because God forbid Christine comes back into the game. I need to get right. voted out to go make sure Christine doesn't come back into the game and rejoin the other tribe, even though, you know, unbeknownst to you guys, she actually hated coach and didn't want anything to do with the other tribe. Even, yeah, nevertheless, if she would have went back over to them, they had a better value proposition than we did. What could we offer? We could offer her a tie uh, in that case that she came back. Yeah. Um, they could have offered her a guaranteed uh, majority alliance. And you got to think, too, we also just came off of watching two previous seasons where one team just steamrolled the other one. So that was fresh in all of our minds that were playing the game. Um, so we knew that the, the numbers led to, uh, a steamroll, uh, of the other team. So, I mean, if Ozzy would have lost, um, it would have been, we would have been just as screwed as we would have been, uh, in the end, uh, or as, as it turned out. So we really didn't have a contingency plan. We put together what we thought was our best plan. And, uh, it, that's, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting you talk about like a small, the minutia of survivor, the night that we, most of the challenges are in the morning and you have tribal council that night. Uh, this was the only one where we had an evening and I think it had to do with tides. Uh, we had an closer to evening challenge, which when we lost, we would have 
uh, if we were going to tribal council right then, we would have voted off Cochrane. Well, undoubtedly, we were all tremendously pissed. But because we had a night to sleep on it, um, you know, Ozzy came up with a, a different plan, and uh, we didn't vote off Cochrane. Yeah. Well, change one thing, change everything. Crazy. Survivor. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Robertson, our, true. our current head of interns. He has a question for you. He says, you seem to be on the outside of the inside alliance. Uh, did you think that if S- Sabai stuck together and Apulu uh, went after the merge tribe, that when it got down to you guys, that you would go to the end? Oh, I did. I felt like I had more than one scenario where I was in the end. Um, you know, I didn't have just one group that I could have stuck with. You know, I feel like I had, I felt like I had Keith and Whitney on one hand. We all agreed that we were getting rid of Ozzy relatively quickly. Um, and then I, Don had sworn allegiance to me, and I felt like I had a very tight bond with Cochran too. So I felt like with that, those that, that's a group of five. When you include myself, I felt like whichever scenario happened, I could, um, I would have been taken to the end. So were you playing by the BR rules? Uh, being uh, that uh, the BR rules, the rules that that Philip is quoting from Boston Rob of oh. uh, rule number. <laughs> no, I was actually rule... trying not to be in charge. Oh. Uh, I was trying to make sure that I had plenty of out. Yeah. Um, no matter what, I, that I could roll with the punches, and that I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't the type of person that people look at and say, "Hey, we can't take him to the end because he would for sure win." I think people look at me like, "Hey, he's pissed off enough people throughout the process. This is, might not be a bad person to take to the end." Yeah, well, that's what I like about the way you play the game, and I, I, I don't think it's dissimilar from what I was trying to do uh, on in my Survivor time. Is that you know you kind of you don't want to be the guy. I don't think. I think you want to be sort of like you know, uh, drifting off of is it drifting or drafting off of like whoever is the top dog guy. Uh, and then exactly. really being like maneuvering behind the scenes, and then you get rid of that guy, and then uh, there you go. Uh, the best laid plans. It's <laughs> pretty good. Jim, thank you so much for uh, being so generous uh, with your time answering uh, so many of these questions. No, it was a ton of fun. I really uh, I enjoy the podcast a lot, and uh, yeah, I, I love I love uh, all the fans. It's, it's, it's a ton of fun. Yeah. I'm glad I did it, and yeah, give me a call anytime. And I'm serious. I want to take you up on a, getting you on a Celebrity Apprentice podcast. I'm ready. I have <laughs> tons of opinions. That I'm, <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to keep watching. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jim, uh, thank you so much. Do you want to uh, get a, another plug in? You want to uh, tell anybody in the Denver area where <laughs> yeah, they can sure. come, come and visit you? I love high level health. Two locations. HLHcolorado.com. You can check out our website, and uh, there's our, both of our locations, both of them are downtown. Okay. Well, if I'm ever, <laughs> I've never been to Denver, but if I'm if I'm ever in the area, we had a purple probes strain of marijuana <laughs> this season that I was on. Um, we don't have anything Survivor related right now. Let me see if I can uh, get in the lab and, and come up with something. Uh, what, was there anything particular about that strain that uh, had you call it probes? Uh, it was purple, so that was pretty much it. It was just alliteration. <laughs> At Purple Tropes, it was the best. It was the best that we had. Okay. Are you better at naming the strains than naming your alliances? Yeah, I tell you what. I I promise, if I ever play again, I will come up with a great name for an alliance. <laughs> Have you thought about bringing Philip in to come help you name all the different strains of marijuana? Oh boy, that would be tough. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would be really good at it. Oh, yeah, I'll have to read his book. <laughs> yeah. All right. Jim Rice, uh, all the best to you, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. All right. Take care.
All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Jim Rice and a very lively uh, first appearance on the recap podcast for uh, Jim Rice. Very good job for him. And so we are also joined by, speaking of lively, here she is, the first lady of podcasting that uh, people are calling her the flop, uh, first lady of podcasting. Here she is, Nicole Sesternino. Why am I the flop? Well, you're F-L-O-P, first lady of podcasting. Oh, okay. I'm not like belly flopping. No, no. How are you doing, Nicole? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Are you doing better than Shamar? I'm do- I am I do not have a corneal abrasion. Okay. Well, we'll talk about- and we're not even sure he does either. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about corneal abrasions. Uh, we will talk about uh, uh, the reward that took place on this episode and get to some of your comments and voicemails uh, in just a minute. But, Nicole, we told you at the top of the show, this podcast was sponsored by Audible, and Audible is the internet's leading source for audiobooks, and you know how much I love the audiobooks. Yes, I do. Yes, and Nicole, can I tell you what audiobook I've been listening to recently? What is it? We talked a lot, a lot, a lot of sports with Jim Rice. This book is called "The Extra Two Percent: How Wall Street Strategies Took a Major League Baseball Team from Worst to First by Jonah Carey. It's a little bit like um, Moneyball, uh, but instead of about the A's, it's about how the Devil Rays built up uh, their team and how their management and Andrew Friedman and all of these guys went ahead and built the Devil Rays into a team that uh, knocked off the Yankees and the Red Sox for a little while. Sounds interesting. Sounds interesting, <laughs> yes. Well, I, I think it's a very interesting read. I like hearing about the strategies behind all that. It's been It's a fun read. I thought you were going to tell everybody how you were listening to Fifty Shades of Grey. No. I guess that's a secret. No, I have I have not been listening to that. But mm-hmm. listen, I I don't need any more pornographic material. That is true. That's right. That's that is good. true. I don't need I don't need you have any, enough. I don't need any more erotica in my life. <laughs> yes, I'm all I'm all squared away. Yeah. So extra extra two percent. Very. It's a fun read. Uh, I like it. It's uh, it's very similar to Moneyball. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a movie. I don't is know. Brad Pitt going to be in it? <laughs> no, Brad Pitt. It doesn't really have a protagonist. If about... Jonah Hill's in it, then I'm interested. <laughs> right. It doesn't really have a protagonist in the way that Billy Bean was sort of the protagonist of Moneyball. It's more like uh, a, a lot more about the history of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. But as spring training is around the corner, Nicole, mm-hmm. or it's already here. Yes. Uh, it's a uh, it's a fun baseball book. Anyway. Audible has tons of books, no matter what your interest is. Uh, They have over 100,000 different titles, all sorts of different categories. Whatever you are interested in, you can find something, and it's a great thing to listen to while you're driving in the car, running errands, doing all sorts of productive things like I like to do in a call. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I know know how uh, you love it when I am productive. Yes. Yeah. And you could be productive too when you get a free audiobook download when you go to the link audiblepodcast.com slash RHAP. So thank you very much to Audible for uh, sponsoring another episode of Rob Has a Podcast. All right, Nicole. So uh, let's get into this. Now, uh, I wanted to know your specific opinion about something that went on on the episode last night. Well, of course, we were talking about just a moment ago about Shamar and his uh, corneal abrasion. Now, you, in your medical backstory, Mm -hmm. uh, you got your start and you actually worked in a vitreo retinal consultant (laughs) a retina specialist office yes that's how i got my medical start yes you cut your teeth in the medical field at a 
Through the eyeballs. Through the eyeballs. <laughs> now, what was your professional take on what was going on with Shamar on this episode? Uh, well, he could have been really cool and gone for the eye patch route. That's how they usually treat a corneal abrasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would have been a really cool way for him to play Survivor. Like, he's the dude with the eye patch. Yes. But no, he had to go home. Steven last night thought it could have been an acute case of crybabyitis. It certainly was. I think it was. I talked to Shamar. It wasn't today. so cute, crybabyitis. <laughs> I talked to Shamar, and he said it was that was for real. Okay, well, all he needed was an eye patch. That's how you treat it. But I mean, you would. His vision was affected, right? Yes, and that's why you wear the eye patch, and the eye patch will then prevent the eyeball from moving, which is what causes the pain. Okay. All right. Well, that was an alternative treatment option Mm -hmm. uh, suggested by Nicole. Yes. Don't make Shamar mad. (laughs) Well, he's not listening, so don't worry. He says he loves, (laughs) he likes the podcast, Nicole. Yes. Well, I would have preferred to see him as the pirate. He may have a big fat shut up for you. He probably does. Most people do. (laughs) Probably will. All right. Uh, So in addition to, uh, I wanted to get your take on Shamar and his eyeball. Mm -hmm. Um, I also wanted to hear your take on the visitor who came to. Now you were you were thrown off to watching the episode. I know when you were very confused why the much like Shamar, <laughs> you were very confused why the favorites were getting the reward when, uh, according to you, the fans had won the challenge. Well, I was a little distracted because our dog was being really bad during the challenge, so I, I missed a little bit of it. So you were thrown off by Shamar's celebrating, thinking <laughs> that the fans had won. I, I think I think that's what happens, uh, and we can blame Reyes for this, uh, for my confusion. Yes. So, yes, it was actually the favorites that won, and yes. they had a visit from Tata the Bushman. Yes. And I would love to hear your take on Tata the Bushman. Tata the Bushman says it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, did you like that guy? Would you like to have that guy come to our house? I would love if he came to our house. What would you have him do? Uh, you know how much I love rice. Yes. Yeah, so he cooks. <laughs> now, did you ever think about cooking the rice inside the bamboo? I, I never have. Yeah. But that's what we're going to be having for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> that's good. Now, uh, Malcolm said that Tata was like a Filipino golem. <laughs> I've, never think... seen, I've never seen those movies. Is that, a, is that offensive? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not Filipino. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a, or, know. or a golem? I don't know who's that offensive. Is yeah. that offensive to Lord of the Rings fans? I think I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, look, we had Tata came in, and then he was getting his groove on. Oh yeah, he was really macking it to the chicks. Macking it to the chicks. Mm-hmm. Even Cochrane was getting jealous of Tata. He that, was stealing Cochran's moves. Like those are Cochran's secret moves that he like wants to play but doesn't. Yeah. So Cochran was very was very upset about. Uh, he was was Cochran player hating on Tata. <laughs> uh, I think it definitely was a case of player hating. Well, or, or was that player hating? Player, you're a player. <laughs> Let a player play, Cochran. Mm, yes. In the words of Alex Stein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you hope Tata will make another appearance? I on- hope he comes back every season. Yes. Uh, do you think Tata will eventually play Survivor? <laughs> Probably. Should they do a season? They are bringing a lot of people back. Should they do a season of Tata versus Cha-Cha, where <laughs> Tata is the captain of one team and Cha-Cha is the captain of the other team? Because Cha-Cha has big Tatas. <laughs> <laughs> Any way you want to slice it. Yeah. I think that could be a good grudge match. <laughs> Tata versus Cha-Cha. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he was he was very helpful. 
He was very helpful. Very helpful. So we'll see. He just didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> he he had his own language. Yeah. I, I he said a lot, he said a few different things. Uh so uh I think he said uh, don't uh no time to bitch in the jungle. Is that what he said? <laughs> yes. Or did he call somebody a bitch in the jungle? Um I think it was no time to bitch. <laughs> no time. No He should t- be going to the favorites. I mean, I'm sorry, the fans tribe and saying that. No time to bitch in the jungle. So yeah, he was very good. Could the fans if they added Tata as another member of their tribe, would that be a big help for them? I don't know what's going to help them. <laughs> I don't know. You're not impressed with the fans? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they just keep losing. Why? Who are you rooting for on the fans? I like Sherry. You like Sherry? I do like Sherry. Jim Rice She's, didn't like her. I liked her. She's uh, my cross between Sandra Bullock and uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth who? Hasselbeck. She's Elizabeth Hasselbeck? She's how, like, she, she looks like Sandra Bullock. Does she not eat gluten? How is <laughs> and she it doesn't like, look like it. She's very skinny. Did she vote for Mitt Romney? How is she like Elizabeth Hasselbeck? She looks like Elizabeth Hasselbeck and Sandra Bullock had a baby. Okay, I'll take, I'll take your word for that. <laughs> okay. Nicole, are you ready to hear some of these voicemails? Of course. All right, here we go. Let's start off, and uh, we're working on a jingle for the voicemail segment. Who's working on it? Are you working? We have on some. It? So we have some. We got some people. Is that on why it. you're singing so loudly in the shower? No, no. You can't hear what I'm what I'm doing in the shower. I hear everything you're doing you in do, the shower. Unless you have your ear up to the door, right? You're not hearing because you are just such a soft speaker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's where I I practice a lot of my impressions, Nicole. Mm, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> working on some new ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's see our first voicemail. Just three voicemails this week. Of course, our voicemail comes to us from our listeners one of two ways. One, you could call up, call me directly on my voicemail inbox, 323 282 RHAP. You can write it down, call us anytime, 323 282 RHAP, or on your computer or, or any uh, iOS device. Go to robisawebsite.com slash voicemail. And uh, here's Brian, first voicemail of the week. Here we go. Hey, Rob, it's Brian Hickey. Um, heard your comments about, and you and Stephen's comments about uh, <laughs> Tata and how you didn't like him. But what if uh, they got some former survivors to come on the show, like maybe a Boston Rob or a Penner? Maybe you could give us an impression of how they would treat the survivors, you know, show them some, show them some, uh, show them the ropes, kind of like a justice did with uh, Lisa Welsh last year. I uh, just wanted to hear your thoughts about that. All right, zero. Didn't that happen in like Survivor Israel where a Rupert was the reward? Yes, that did. Well, first off, let me say I don't think I said that I don't like Tata last night. How could night. you not like Tata? I don't know who would say. I think Steve Stevens. Do we want to get into it? I said, nah, let's let's skip that for Survivor Know It Alls discussing Tata. Because there was no Survivor Know It Alls is really supposed to be. That's the show where we really, really dwell on the strategy and tell people what they did wrong. Yes, tell people <laughs> we we. This is how Survivor Know It Alls works. We we base on results, knowing the outcome of what happened, mm-hmm. and then if it if it was bad. Then we say it was stupid, and if it was a good outcome, then we say then we say it was a smart move. Mm-hmm. You guys are smart. We're, we're totally one hundred percent results based after we know how it turned out. Really, are know it alls? We really, that's what we do. We're the ultimate Wednesday morning quarterbacks, Thursday morning <laughs> quarterbacks. Uh, anyway, so Wednesday night, <laughs> Wednesday night quarterbacks. So yes, they did this on Survivor Israel. Rupert, believe it or not. 
was the reward for the survivors that they won a challenge and they got a visit from uh a from Rupert. And I don't think the survivors were happy. No, I don't know if they knew who he was. <laughs> I don't know if Survivor if He wasn't like Tata. He wasn't like Tata. Uh-huh. And I think he also did not. I think he struggled he to catch, catch the fish. Catch the fish. <laughs> I remember we, the, the clip used to be on YouTube and I went to go look it up. It's gone. Yeah, I went to go look it up and I couldn't find it. So then I just watched the Lisi uh, video again. Yes. Uh, so unfortunately, yeah, the Rupert clip wasn't there anymore. But <laughs> I tried to find it. Luckily, Lisi's not going away. Luckily, uh, Lisi will always be there at robberswebsite.com slash Lisi. Uh, I won't play it. But people say we're playing it too much. Everyone's such complainers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we just have we have I think we have enough people that listen to the podcast now that no matter what we do, there will never be every single thing will somebody will hate. Yes. And send me a comment on. Well, that, that that's good. We got a lot of controversy. <laughs> so separately, every moment, I, I will get a complaint. We're going to get a complaint about this conversation. Yes, we'll get a complaint about every single moment of the entire show. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's we've, we're throwing perfect games now yeah. these days. Or is that imperfect games? If, if we get a complaint about every single moment of a show. I think that's a perfect game. <laughs> it's a perfect game. That's a perfect game. Batting a thousand. Mm-hmm. All right. So should they have a reward challenge where a previous survivor comes to... So should, would this be good if... I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, if so the, so here's the reward. That's probably too expensive. And then they got to fly them out. They got to, you know, put them up. Like, this guy's already... He's living in the woods. Yeah, they do get off pretty cheap. You think they're paying this guy? They're paying Tata? He's on, looking at boobs. That's his reward. Yeah, on Survivor, <laughs> they do get off pretty cheap with these rewards. It's like, you know, the uh, the cost of what the reward is is like 30 bucks. Yeah. It's like, uh, you're, you're going to have a cake. And hamburgers and and uh, and potato salad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so instead of like the thirty dollars we're spending on a reward, we gotta buy a plane ticket. We gotta get accommodations. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Boston Rob coming for free Never. to come and build the house? <laughs> it would be a fun segment, though. It would be, but it's, I think it's too expensive for them. Hey, I'm coming to build you a house. You call this a house? Okay, everybody. Now we're gonna learn all the rules. Rule number one. So you get the BR rules. Mm. You get the house. We already have the BR rules. Yeah. Well, if you have Philip on your tribe, yes. you know the BR rules. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, if let's say hypothetically now it was Boston Rob is going to come and build you a house. Uh-huh. Now, does he come in and tell you how to make the crispy rice also? And he's like, you got to make put the rice on the bottom of the pan. <laughs> and that's how it gets really good. And, Probably. And then does Philip have like an aside with Boston Rob? Like, uh, Boston Rob, tell me. <laughs> I can't even do uh, Philip. Um, you t- tell me, tell me what's going on. Tell me, tell me, uh, are there any other Boston Rob rules that I didn't know about? <laughs> yes. Can have a whole aside. Mm-hmm. So maybe they need to do it on a season that doesn't have all stars. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, let's take a uh, voicemail. Voicemail number two. This is from Charles, and he wants to know about uh, the next target on the fans tribe. Here's Charles. Hey, Rob. This is Charles Lenahan, and I had a quick, quick comment I wanted to make. Do you think that Reynolds, now that he doesn't have an idol, do you think the target shifts towards Eddie, or do you think that the target is still back on Reynolds? Thanks for all you do, and yes oh i hear that enough in this house to you too charles okay Uh. so (laughs) nicole has i hate mcdonald's now (laughs) i'm not loving it (laughs) that's funny uh so (laughs) anyway so um 
has the target now, now that Reynolds has played his idol, if mm. the fans go to tribal council next week, and assuming that the uh, Sherry, Matt, and Mike alliance holds together, mm-hmm. and apparently there's another girl named Julia also on the fans' tribe, allegedly. Sometimes. So allegedly, sometimes. Uh-huh. Will they vote off Eddie or will they vote off Reynolds next? Well, the whole point in keeping them was to keep the tribe strong. So if they are going back to tribal council, that means that they lost the challenge. So that theory is out the door. Yeah. Right? I so, guess so. Yeah. I think that I think that they're definitely. Will they vote out Julia next? I don't think so. She's in the alliance. But so is Laura. Yeah. Well, well they went with the theory. Let's keep the strong. And if they lose that. No reason to vote out Reynolds before Eddie. I mean, Reynolds is killing it in these challenges. I mean, are you are you impressed with Reynolds and his uh, beanbag tossing? I think I was just not impressed with Phillips' beanbag tossing. Yeah, why? If you thought Philip was doing bad, I did think Philip was doing he, bad. Philip was. I thought he did look like. Uh, he thought he was in the major leagues. <laughs> he was. He had a, quite a wind up. He really. Yes. He looked like El Duque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I was just not impressed with Philip's game. I. <laughs> I had tweeted that to uh, our friend AJ Mass, who writes for ESPN, <laughs> that Philip was looking like the long lost brother of uh, El Duque yeah. and Levon Hernandez. And AJ Mass said, yeah, El Kuki. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. That was funny. Yeah, I thought he did. He put a baseball hat on. I think he mm-hmm. would have looked a lot like El Duque. I think he even had a sidearm going on. He really was even like at one point w- yeah. winding up like uh, you know. <laughs> and I think he was he was like even spitting. He was like. <laughs> he was getting into it. Yes, and he's still not so good. Maybe he was doing it for show. Maybe that. No, was part he of was it. doing it because that's what he thought would work. Yeah. Well, he did win the game. He did, but he was laboring by the end. Yeah, I don't think that his performance was what won won the game. And I thought it was really crazy that Jeff said that Philip won the challenge for. But what do you want? He did win the challenge. He. You're really nitpicking. I don't think that he won the challenge. I think that everybody involved helped win the challenge. I think that he, you know, Reynolds really caught up to him. Well, I think the MV. If I have to give out an MVP mm-hmm. for this challenge, okay, I'm, who's the MVP? I'm giving it to the silent one. Eric Reichenbach. <laughs> Why yes. are you giving it to Eric? Because this challenge was brought back from the original fans versus favorites. Uh-huh. This was the challenge where, and I just rewatched this season recently, that they did, I think it was like the second or third challenge that they did. And this is the famous challenge when Chet was in the water and uh-huh. everybody's yelling at him like, Chet, just come back. Like he couldn't find the key. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, and Ozzy was really killing it in that challenge. You but know, Eric, I think everybody really killed it in this challenge. I think every single one of them did, did really Eric's well. A good swimmer. They did really well. So to say that Philip won the challenge, I think is... I think you're nitpicking. This. I don't I think, think I'm nitpicking. It, it, it. The person who won the last part, like it's like, like Jeff's, like it's just whoever did the last part. That's that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's not like that they, they, they could say Eric won immunity for swimming so fast. <laughs> well, he maybe he should have said that. He did <laughs> no, swim really not, fast. It's not. It's not Jeff's place to award the MVP <laughs> of the challenge. But that would be really great if he did. That would be that would be fun if he did award an MVP. Do we do we answer the question that so yes we think <laughs> what was the question? The, the, <laughs> the question was uh, should is Reynolds uh, on the chopping block now that he didn't oh, play the idol? Yes. Fish it, fish it. Stop yeah. it! <laughs> All right. All right. Last, last voicemail for this week. Uh, let's go to uh, our friend Mikey the Chimp. Uh, he's got a question. Here we go. Take it away, Mikey. Bobby C. Do you think you have a 
worst chance of getting back on to Survivor or any other nationally televised reality show that's not your own because of your extensive and prolific podcasting and media community now. If you were to disappear suddenly for 39 days plus a week on either end, everybody would know about it, and we wouldn't buy your cover story. That's the question one. Question two is, about the Bobby C at the front, celebrities all have nicknames that their friends call them, like Angelina Jolie is Angie, and Jennifer Love Hewitt's friends call her Love, but your name has already been shortened to just Rob. So I'm kind of disappointed that we can't give you like a, hey, we know you celebrity nickname. So from now on, I'm just calling you Bobby C. All right, Bobby C., it's Mikey the Chimp in West Hollywood. Thanks, man. Awesome shit. All right, Mikey the Chimp. You don't look like a Bobby C. All right, so my, two things there. One, uh, Mikey the Chimp wants to People always want to know about, uh, do you think that doing the podcast helps or helps or hurts mm-hmm. uh, you if you're going to go go on a reality show or go back on Survivor? I always say that, look, nobody nobody was calling me. Nobody was thinking about calling me before I did the podcast. So if anybody's even thinking about calling me, then it helped. <laughs> and ultimately, if they say no because you have a podcast, then it, it was still clo- it was still closer than before I had the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I if I ever had to disappear, well, uh, for all you guys know that I may be disappeared right now. May I, maybe I just uh, maybe I'll pre-record uh, thirty or forty podcasts. And you're psychic, and you know the outcomes of each episode. <laughs> well, and then if I ever, if there's ever a nuclear holocaust, mm-hmm. anything like that, or maybe uh, Jonathan Penner is going to work on an impression of me. Maybe this is Jonathan Penner. Maybe maybe this is Jonathan Penner. <laughs> maybe this is really Rupert. Come to you live from my apartment. <laughs> it's Rob has a pod. It's Sester Nino has a podcast. <laughs> He doesn't like your impressions. He Penner doesn't. Penner, I, I think. I don't know. I think Penner gets is, is is getting a little pissed. I don't think he's getting pissed. He he had tweeted recently about uh, that he does not that my impression does not sound like him. Well, oftentimes we don't think we sound like what we actually sound like. I think he's a little pissed, and yeah. I feel bad because I love Penner. He he's not. Mad I feel at you. bad. I he's feel not. Like... Well, maybe you should write him a letter. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I did get I, I was nervous at the time I that I did the that I did the impression for him. Yes, you do get nervous on the spot. I do get nervous. Uh-huh. I do get nervous. And uh I have a sore throat although I feel like I could do a better penner. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of excuses. A lot of excuses. A lot of excuses. Um I when I was watching fans versus favorites, so I felt like I really had it working when I was watching the fans versus so favorites. when you're cyber stalking people, you really you know you get to know them. When I cyber stalk people, what do you mean? When you're watching people on the internet, when you're watching um Penner, how is me watching Survivor fans versus favorites cyber stalking? Right, it's not like cyber cyber stalking, but you're still um you're studying him. I <laughs> I'm just watching an old season of Survivor. There's no stalking. I see you watching him with a pen and pencil, really trying to get down the. Uh, why the would I have a Why would I have a pencil if I was trying to do an impression of somebody? To get down the cues. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, keep working on this theory. <laughs> oh, no, it's not a theory. Keep working on this theory. All right. Part two. Part two of this was uh, that Mikey thinks that I need a nickname. He feels bad. Now, did you know people called Jennifer Love Hewitt Love? I did in her, not. In her circle. I thought they called her crazy. Yeah. No, they call her Love. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Uh, yeah, I don't really have it. Do I have a nickname in my I inner don't circle? I think Bobby is a good nickname because I think of like Bobby Bacala when I hear Bobby. 
And it's like an overweight Italian man. <laughs> All right, well, I don't want to be that. Yeah. I don't want to be that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Rob that sucks is kind of it my sticks, nickname. Yeah. <laughs> but the people don't, don't really call me that to my face. Mm-hmm. At least they do. Well, sometimes. Yeah. Mostly on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't have a good nickname. I've never really had a good nickname. Not one that sticks. Uh, yeah, I think just the Rob that sucks. Nicole has a lot of uh, names that she calls me, but I can't repeat any of them on the podcast. Okay. If we're gonna keep this, if we're gonna keep the explicit tag off of, they are very bad words. <laughs> they're all very bad. So sorry, sorry, Mikey. I do, I do not have at this time a inner circle nickname. But he's gonna call you Bobby. Bobby, Bo- C Bobby, from C. Now on. Eh. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, maybe we should we should put our heads together and come up with a nickname for you. Maybe that should be that should be a contest. What about um? shake weren't you shake and i was yeah, or i was that bake was and you stretch. were shake that was it was funny because it made no sense <laughs> that's why it was funny like a lot of things on this podcast. it was funny yeah and uh ne- coming up uh this this next week uh speaking of shake and bake nicole mm-hmm. and i are going to be celebrating a, a little milestone mm-hmm. uh in the podcasting yes and in the three plus years of podcasting we started this podcast uh at least the the current incarnation of this podcast uh, we started this in February 2010, and sometime this upcoming week, we will be recording episode number, wait for it, 500 of Rob Has a Podcast. Wowzer. Yes. Wowzer. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we're, so we're going to try to record a, uh, we're not going to make a big, like, uh, you know, make a big hats. to-do. Uh, I, I don't know if you... We're, it's going to be an audio podcast. Okay, we can still wear a party hat. I guess so. You can wear a party hat. <laughs> it's not really going to be a party. It will be. <laughs> it's not really going to be a party. <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll just uh, do a uh, do a show to commemorate the milestone. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to go nuts. We're not going to really pat ourselves we're not on going the back. Balls to the walls. Yeah, we're not going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So Nicole, you ready to get into uh, some of the uh, questions and comments? Yes. Yes. All right. Here we go. Let's uh, let's start it off with uh, from Mr. Shamar Thomas on Twitter. Uh, we got a, a, he uh, he tweeted last night. Survivor was such an amazing journey. So thankful. Good luck all. Over 500 active duty Navy SEALs. Only 400 survivors ever. Don't knock it until you try it. Ooh, okay. That's why I feel like I say that to you all the time. Yes, you do. Yes. Uh, so yeah, don't knock it until you try it. So Nicole, can you believe that there are only slightly more active duty Navy SEALs than episodes of Rob as a podcast? That's a bit crazy. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. So, uh, there you have it. I didn't know Shamar had a Twitter. Yeah. I didn't know Shamar liked Survivor. (laughs) (laughs) He said this morning, I, I said, Shamar, what do you have to say to your haters? And he said, basically, if you hate me so much, then put me back on the show. So Shamar, he wants to go back. He wants, he wants more. Oh, wowzer. He wants to go. He wants, he has unfinished business. Yes. I heard that he was very, very good in all of his exit interviews. Like totally not bitter. Yes. Yeah. Shamar was, uh, he was delightful. That's great. Yes. So, uh, (laughs) very good. You know, uh, Nicole, could I could I talk uh, about something that I wanted to bring up last week on the show and uh, I didn't get a chance to? What if I said no? Um, I guess I I mean <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you, but I'm just like it's not really an option. So yes, you can. Okay, thank you, Nicole. Uh, so last week this was a a, uh, a news story about uh, there was a uh, speaking of uh, erotica. Uh, we had a a story that came out of 
the Miss Delaware, Miss Teen Delaware. Uh-huh. Uh, do you know about this about the story, Nicole? I think so, yes. Okay. Uh, so uh, one of the Miss T- Teen Delawares, uh, she had to be stripped of her title mm-hmm. of Miss Teen Delaware because she appeared in a pornographic film, mm. pornographic video yeah. on the internet. And I just want to know, do we need to state this sort of policy ongoing for the future for any future missed survivors, hypothetically, and this hasn't, you know, we're not talking about, our, we're not, uh, I know that uh, our beloved Miss Survivor 2013, RC, St. Amore, would, we don't, we don't have to worry about this with her. Oh, uh, but I, hypothetically, I would have put, put it past any of the survivors. No, we, no, only <laughs> that, uh, Nicole, no survivor has ever made a pornographic movie. Oh no, let's okay? let's just Google that. Right, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure about this. Yes, no survivors have ever. Uh, I've never seen any any pornographic videos mm-hmm. from the survivors. Okay, so but let's just say hypothetically down the road, it's mm-hmm. Miss Survivor 2015. Uh huh. Okay, and, and it should come to light, come to pass that she's in a pornographic video on the internet. Do we? Does she? Will she lose the title of Miss Survivor like Miss Teen Delaware did? I think it automatically gains her the title with the with our fans that are voting. So you think that? I think so it would help. You think that that the the pornographic video should be made during the campaign portion of Miss Survivor? Well, if you know your demographic, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good, good to know. Yes. So we will not. We are not puritanical, and we will not strip a future Miss Survivor of if she appears in a pornographic video. Well, I'm sure Miss Survivor will do whatever stripping she needs to. It, do. it just it better be tasteful. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep it. Keep it. Uh, keep it tasteful. Should we review the Miss Delaware video just to make sure what not to do and do a play by play? <laughs> like the Rebecca Black podcast. Yeah, yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. I wanted to get that off. Get mm-hmm. that off my chest. All right. Uh, some happy news, Nicole. Oh, I now. thought this was happy news. No, happy happy news now. Uh, at Colton Cumby tweeted this week. Guess who's getting married? Is he getting married? Yeah. I yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> you guessed right. <laughs> he said it to was guess. Colton. Yes, he went to Jared. Uh, yeah. So Colton and I believe Caleb is that. Uh, Colton's fiance. Oh, so is Colton? Is, is he the bride? And Nicole, I don't think that way. I don't, I don't think it works that way. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. Uh, Russell Hans uh, tweeted. Uh, he did not think that they made the fans made the right move last night. He said, uh, "Do not vote your own alliance under any circumstance. Trust is more important than winning challenges." Oh, Hashtag I mean, just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I kind of agree. I, th- I, I do you think... You think that they made the wrong decision? I think that, you know, they were losing regardless. Yeah. So better better to lose with uh, the person that's loyal to you? I think so. Yeah. You're not a uh, a fan of the Reynolds and the Eddie? I'm, I don't want to say I'm not a fan, not, but... Not dream boaty enough for not, you? They're not my... They're not my type. They're not the Bobby Bacalas. They don't I have like. a podcast? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Russell hands another tweet. He says, this is the first time since I voted Kelly out in season 19 that I am so excited about next episode. Hashtag 
Team Hans, hashtag villain, hashtag Hans, hashtag Brandon. Hashtag crazy pants. <laughs> so Russell is excited for uh, next week. Yes. Well, it's, it's all about his nephew. So he's, yeah. he's happy for his family. Are, are you are you excited for a uh, potential uh Hans meltdown next I'm week? I'm upset that he got rid of the rice. I love rice. But we don't know. Again, we don't we don't know exactly. No, you uh, see it in the commercial. All right. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But uh, Jeff Probst, no hyperbole whatsoever in the preview for next week. So Jeff says, there are moments that define a season. This is that moment. Yeah. Like, wow. Some people wait a lifetime for a moment like this. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Uh, here's, here's a question. Uh, Z Aaron Knight on our Facebook fan page wanted to write in to say, hey, Rob. Given that CBS seems to be casting Survivor to ensure there are train wrecks every week, and I have no idea what he's talking about mm-hmm. here, uh, he had an idea for Survivor No Stars. Bring back the castaways first voted off uh, from this from previous seasons. Thoughts, Nicole? If Survivor is looking for train wreck TV, mm-hmm. should they bring back a season full of? first boots and would this be a good season i think it it can potentially be a first season i i don't think this is the first time i've heard of this theme for survivor are you for it or against it yeah I i think it would be interesting i am way for this yeah I am way for this. I think this would be the the most fun season ever of the show. It, no, it would. Would n- Francesca come back? It would not be a ratings draw. I would actually like to. I was thinking about. I wanted to do a podcast this week. Uh, I was on the fence of. I was going to put some some phone calls out that I kind of wanted to do a, a hypothetical podcast of who would be on the season, uh-huh. how would it play out, who would be the first one off. Uh, and who would win? I think this is like there's two separate parts of the conversation. One, we're on season 26, so one we got to cast it. Right. So who is too boring to bring back, for mm-hmm. instance? Uh, and who would who could we get? You know, we'll, we'll you know maybe maybe some people say no. Mm-hmm. So we got to you know think realistically. How do we do it? Do we do it men versus women? I, I, we got to figure out exactly what's the best format. And then I'll then we'll look at the board and figure out how it's going to play out. This seems like a job for you and Steven. Steven? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, who would I, I thought this could be a good Gordon Holmes Ooh, uh, show. Okay, yes. I don't know. Yes. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe it could be for the off season. Could be for the <laughs> Save off- it for the off season. There's a lot going on right now. We're really in the perfect storm of reality TV. I'm yes, covering four shows right now. My goodness. I still have to I still have to watch Big Brother Canada after this is over tonight. <laughs> and and write my, and write a blog. For yeah. the Huffington Post, Canada. I'm going to bed. You're going to bed. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be. I'm gonna be up to like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so let's get let's get back into this. All right. Uh, this came to us uh, on our Google Plus page. Oh. Our Google Plus community. You can go to uh, robiswebsite.com/slash/gplus/gplus. Brian Whitehead said. Uh, so with all these players from South Pacific on this season. I feel we are due for a Jim Rice cast. Challenge accepted. (laughs) There you go. You just got your birthday present. (laughs) There you go, Brian Whitehead. That's for you. That actually came to us. That was from January 19th. Okay. Ask for uh, ask and you shall receive, listeners. Yes, you may have to wait a little bit, but you'll get it eventually. Yeah. And I have a, a lot of people that are booked for the season, but I always like to get from from you guys who should who else should we get? Of course. And so uh, that was a good one. And Jim Rice was definitely something that you guys had been asking for. Um, 
Jeff Probst, we are in a real drought on the inappropriate comments this season. Seriously, I don't even think Probst. we've had one good one yet. We haven't had a lot of balls. We haven't had a lot of balls. We had a lot of like sandbags. Mm-hmm. And so sandbags aren't as as good as balls. Well, you could have you could have like uh, you know this person did this with the bag. Yeah, or... but it's but we've had actual like. <laughs> right, blue right. balls and <laughs> I don't think that Jeff said blue balls. I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's uh, that's the case. I think we've actually physically seen. Okay, take it easy. Take <laughs> not, it easy. Not, not like that. All right, all right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> good, good. We always we always know how to make Nicole laugh on yes. the show. All right, so uh, I think uh, that is about it for Survivor. Yes, we'll end it with the blue balls. Yes. Uh, one last thing I got uh, that Ethan Zahn has something going on. Uh, for Ethan you guys. always has something going on. He always has something yes. going on. We He's watched, such a mover and shaker. We watched Ethan on the Jeff Probst show. Yeah, he was uh, really great. Last week he was on. He was on with Jeff on the same show as T Boz from what was that <laughs> from right? TLC. From TLC. Yes. 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 yes, yes, they were both. They're both survivors. Mm, I didn't know Jeff Probst and Ethan were so close. Jeff Probst loves Ethan. Yes, I, it was a little uncomfortable that picture of him like hugging ethan yeah there's a picture like they kept cutting it's to like a picture hugging. of like ethan wearing like, jeff Probst like a cape <laughs> jeff Probst seemed so happy he was so happy yeah and ethan was like oh, what? he loves what is this guy loves doing? ethan mm-hmm. uh so ethan has something going on in the la area ethan is going to be a part of la fest it's the la film and entertainment soccer tournament uh, they are looking for teams. Uh, basically, you can sponsor you or uh, it costs a thousand dollars to enter a team, and all the money uh, goes to charity. Mm-hmm. That is on Sunday, March twenty fourth, uh, and it is. Uh, this is set up by. This is a joint promotion. I think it looks like between the Mia Ham Foundation and Grassroots Soccer. And if you want to find out more about that, you can go to lafest.net. Uh, and that's going to be at March 24th uh, at the Home Depot Center. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. And I believe uh, Nomar Garcia-Para is going to be there. Ooh, la, la. Hey, Nomar. <laughs> Nomar's not good anymore. Uh, are we going to this? We are We are going to uh, a... No, we have another event that we oh, are going to be we're attending. we're double booked. We are, we are double booked that weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, for the second second year in a row, uh, we are going to be involved with the... Uh, Miss California International Pageant. We're very fancy. Yes, very yes. fancy. So I, I am actually uh, going to be hosting the uh, pageant uh, for the second year in a row. But uh, that was because you did such a great job last <laughs> yeah, year. Coming... No, seriously, you did. You did such a great job last year that they wanted you back again. Yeah. But that's not. What we're we're just uh, talking about the Ethan's right. Ethan's event. Uh, LAFest.net. Uh, if you want to be a part of that on Sunday, March 24th. If only we can be in two places at one time. If there was only some way to uh, to clone us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, we get, we, maybe we could get Penner to start doing <laughs> working on that impression. Yes, Penner, get on it. I would not want, no. <laughs> what? I have a, I have a, now I'm in my head. I'm yeah. in my head now. Get out of your head. I'm in my head. Okay, so that's going to do it for uh, Robin's podcast. We have a, uh, if you're following the Big Brother Canada, and I know Nicole is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nicole can't get <laughs> can't get enough of the Big Brother Canada. Uh, we're we have a very special Big Brother Canada podcast 
planned over the weekend. We're actually going to talk to the first person kicked off of Big Brother Canada. Get out. Yes, Cat Yee Wowzer. is going to be our guest on on Saturday afternoon live. Uh, I think we're trying to do that at 3 p.m. Eastern, and that is our uh, Big Brother Canada podcast. And I, I've actually taken that out. I'm not going to put that in the main Rob is a podcast feed that's going to you have to uh, subscribe to our big brother podcast feed go to rob has a website.com slash bb podcast uh and uh that is about it if you like uh what you're hearing and you want to give us some good feedback we love it when you do that on itunes go to rob has a website.com slash itunes and uh, give us five stars and comments always appreciate it so uh nicole anything else i think that's it and thanks to you guys uh, I will have a t- I will have a total uh, this weekend for how much money we raised for Michelle's place. Uh, that is the charity, of course, that uh, Jillian Larson supports uh, with the Reality Rally, helping women with breast cancer. Uh, and I will tell you guys uh, over the weekend how much money we raised by using our links for Amazon on RobHasAWebsite.com, and also uh, when people went to the link RobHasAWebsite.com/slash/Amazon. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, last, uh, last I checked as of today, we're about at $260, uh, through six days. So we'll see, uh, what That's came great. in we can do on, better. The, on the seventh day. Well, we can it, do better. It, it, yeah. We had, uh, all through the end of the day today. Yeah. So make sure all your purchases go through Amazon for the next few days. Yeah. Well, no, it's over. Oh, it's over. It, that's it. So uh, as of tonight, oh. then that's it. This was the cutoff. Okay. So you could but st- still do that. Still do that. <laughs> but. Uh, the cut of, I'll tell you guys over the weekend how much money we raised. Okay. Okay. Have a great weekend, everybody. And, uh, we'll be back with, uh, more survivor and more, uh, give, give you the, give you the rundown real quick. Sunday night, we're going to have a, a amazing race podcast. Monday night, we're recording celebrity apprentice podcast. Then on Wednesday night again, it's time for more survivor. Know it alls when we will recap and we do it all over again. Yeah. Recap, uh, all of the, all of the, Hans snanigans, which may or may not take place. Uh-huh. Again, you you never know with these previews. If whatever they say is going to happen in the previews, it's always a CTs. Let's see if it actually is real. Yep, and then uh, we'll do it all over again. Talk to the next person uh, out of the game, and then uh, another Survivor podcast for you guys on Thursday, and our Big Brother Canada, and also uh, one one more podcast. Going to talk some SNL this weekend with Rich Tackenberg. Ooh, it's a Justin Timberlake. Uh, hosted SNL. And those are always good. Yes. Yeah. Always, always, uh, it's as good as it gets. A newly married Justin Timberlake. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay. There you have it. All right, everybody, have a great one, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.